let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and it's not just the last show of the year, mate. It's the last show of the decade. You know what I hadn't thought about it. It's how how weird is that? I think it's because it's the odd number thing. I'd forgotten yeah. that it is the end of the decade because the next decade starts with the twenty, doesn't it? I know, but here we are. Um, end end of the decade show. Yeah, and um, I did a little a, a quick little look back over the last decade, and actually realised that this was the decade in which I discovered craft beer. Yep. I then discovered Untapped, and then as a result of those two things, I actually ended up doing this podcast. Well, there you go. Whether people should thank you for any of those things or not, we'll let them decide. But I, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that would be your journey. My journey started what, 2011? Uh, beers 2011, podcast 2012, yeah. yeah. So, and then you came on board 2016. Yeah, but I mean, that's, still, so, that's a long time. Yeah, but we, we, we just, uh, I feel like we're just going from strength to strength, mate. It's going well. I mean, uh, the main thing is enjoying it. Exactly. Exactly that. Now, we've got a beer in glass. We have. Um, we've got a lot of beers to get through. We've got tonight. a lot of big beers to get through, Steve, because you had some wonderful ideas on the yeah, run to the show. I just kept adding beers and saying, let's do this on the end of year yeah. review show. Yeah, I, I said, well, we don't have to go on till the end of year doing it. No, but what's what's the uh, what's the lowest ABV of a beer we've got tonight? 7.4. Okay, and we've got about seven different beers. To yeah, that's well. the session beer, pra- pra- practically. Yeah. Well, let's, let's crack on with, with this first one. What, yeah. what have we got in the glass at the moment? So, from Sean at Uncrulier, who people may well know is our, our stats and facts guy for the show, and uh, he kindly sent us a rhubarb-inspired beer, which we t- sampled during the summer. Yeah, it was a... Uh... Abbey-style beer, wasn't it, yeah. with, with, with rhubarb? Yeah, um, but at the same time, he also sent us a rhubarb-inspired barley wine. So this is called Rhubarbly Wine. I love the name of that. Yeah. It really uh, makes me smile. Comes in at 10.2%. Now, we have already poured it, and it had a wonderful thick head on it, it's didn't it? It's a wonderful thick head. I mean, it is... It looks thick, doesn't it, as well? It looks thick. You can't, you can't see through it. It's kind of... It's like a murk barley wine. Got a very, uh, it's got a quite a sweet nose. Yeah. There's hints of a little bit of tartness on yeah. the nose from the rhubarb. I mean, it's it smells and looks inviting. So uh, here's to the end of the year show. Steve. Indeed, yes. It's definitely got that barley wine mouth feel and initial yeah. character to it. The sort of sweetness that yeah. you get from a barley wine. It's real sweetness on the lips at the end of it. Yeah. The probably doesn't quite hold as long as. Maybe some barley wines I've had in the past. No, the fruit's there though. Still, it, it is. It's not. It's not, it's not overpowering, um, but there's enough there that you pick up all the flavours. Yeah, you do get a little bit of tartness. It's very smooth. It's very smooth. It's also very thick. Yeah, we we said it looked thick when we poured it. But it is it. thick. But it hasn't got like that. Um, you know, with some it, it, like an MP style, it's an oily thickness. Yeah, this hasn't got any of that. It's just. Thick. And it's not a cloying thing. No. It's, it's it's just it's body, is yeah. it, isn't it? It's it's like really good body. It's definitely a uh, well, it's like a meal. Yeah. And, basically, uh, basically there's a meal in a glass here. Any any sensible person would finish their evenings drinking with this. They beer. would, but any sensible person wouldn't have listened to you, Steve, and said, Yeah, I'll put them all in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's it's a really tasty beer. I'm, I'm yeah. and, and we're gonna um I think we're gonna enjoy this while we get through the first 
first first little part of the show. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll um, add it. It hasn't got hasn't got boozy burn. Doesn't taste like ten point two either. Oh no, absolutely not. And that, those two things are so important as well because sometimes you you can pick up a barley wine that's ten percent plus, and if it's if it's young, if it's still fresh, you do get a bit of the hot burn off. You of it definitely still. get a bit of the hot burn, don't you? We've had that before. Yeah, I, I still like having those kind of beers young, but you definitely know it's a little bit on the. It needs. It's got an edge. Yeah, this is. Quite smooth and mellow, actually. It's quite floral on the nose as yeah. well. I've just got a lot of um, sort of, you know, flowers and meadowness coming off of the nose there on mm. that one. I'd say it's almost got a bit of those fruity Belgian esters from the east as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, a hint of that, I'd, I'd, I'd give it that. Stunning stuff. It's a nice and, mix. And, and the fact that somebody's brewed this at home. Yeah, I know. That's pretty amazing. Still, 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 still amazing. Every, every time. Um, so like I said, this is um, going to be our review of 2019. We're, we're going to have a little look back uh, at the year. Um, and just in terms of some some stats about the podcast, because I, d- I do like some stats on this show in particular. Um, we've done 26 episodes this year, which every Sounds other week right, yeah. should be about right. Uh, 138 beers across those 26 episodes, which roughly averages out at about five beers per episode. Again, for, sounds about right. Us, which sounds about right. Um, and in this particular show, what we're going to do is we're going to be going back over, we're, rather than do the full golden pints, which I think we tried the first year that we, we recorded it's together. hard work. And it ended up being three shows worth. Yeah. Um, we've kind of narrowed it down to a few categories that we really want to talk about. Not that we don't want to talk about the other ones, but ones w- which we feel we could do the most justice yeah. to. So we'll be looking at um, our Beery Adventures of the Year. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking at uh, UK Brewery of the Year, Rest of the World Brewery of the Year. And beer of the year as as well. Now, also for some of those, there'll also be a listener's choice award based on the comments that we had from the poll. Yep. For for, for this show, and then right at the end of the show as well, we'll do um, the awarding of the prestigious number one fan for 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 twenty nineteen. Yep. Save the best. Save the best bits will last. Yeah. Keep them. Keep them hanging. But before we do that, um, we were picked to the post slightly by Untapped. Who released a load of stats this they week? They did, didn't they? Yeah, um, and I want to play a little game with you. Go on then. And, and this is very much in um, kind of almost ripping this straight off of Men Behaving's Badly's The Matches. Oh no! Um, so this is um, the year in beer for Untapped, the top ten most checked in beers worldwide. How many do you think you can name? Oh God, four. Okay. Let's let's have let's have your four. Okay, Budweiser. No. Oh, well, I'm sort of getting stuck already. Then. <laughs> Are there Coors? No. Heineken. Yes, at number two, with a hundred and fifty-seven thousand worldwide check-ins last year. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Guinness. Yeah. Number one, with two hundred and seventy-five thousand worldwide check-ins. Okay, so that's my, that was my first four. So I'm struggling yeah. now. Uh, Corona. Corona's in there at number eight, 120,000 check-ins. I will say that Bud Light appears on the list at number 10, 116,000. Okay. Paul's Light? Uh, no. no. Uh, what else? Uh, San Miguel? No. Stella? No. 
No, go on then. Okay, let me put you out of, me, out of your misery. So, so you were close with uh, one of the lights. Miller Light is on there <sighs> at number six. Uh, so I'll, I'll run from ten upwards, yeah. as, as you would in the charts. So number ten, Bud Light. Number nine, Hazy Little Thing by Sierra Nevada, which surprises me that it's it's that rather than their classic Pan Al. Uh, number eight, Corona Extra. Number seven, Goose Island. Oh, I said Corona. Yeah, yeah, I gave you that one. Oh, okay. Number seven, Goose Island IPA. Number six, Miller Light. Number five, Two Hearted Owl by Bell's Brewery. That's, that's, I've got to say, that's one that I've not heard of. Wow. But it's had 125,000 check-ins in the last year. Um, and then number four, and this is the one that really surprised me, and this is the one that I, I think that speaks volumes as well, Punk IPA. Is, really? Is now appearing at number four in the most checked in beers across the world on Untapped. Wow. That, I mean, that speaks volumes for Brewdog, doesn't it, really? In, in terms oh. of the availability of yeah, that beer. Yeah, kudos for that then. Yeah. Uh, number three was uh, Lagunitas IPA, number two Heineken, and number one Guinness Draft. I, I wasn't expecting Guinness to be number one, I have to admit. Did you not? No. Just, just, just based on but, the sheer amount of pints of it drunk in Dublin every year. Yeah, true. True. Something by us. Um, which I did check in to be fair that's a lot of check-ins isn't it that's interesting set of stats yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm very much surprised about the um, Sierra Nevada one indeed I, I am I, I genuinely thought if there was going to be a Sierra Nevada it's beer be on that list it's pale ale that or, to, or torpedo yeah but the hazy one yeah very wow. very strange okay you're going to be doing any more no, it was just it was just that one. Just the top ten. Just 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 the top ten. I thought we'd get into um, because the, the the rest the rest of the shows is, is is us talking about what has really done it for us this yeah. year in, in in terms of our year in beer. So uh, we're going to start off as we normally do by talking about beer adventures. Yep. And and we're going to talk about um, our beer adventures of the year. What what have we most enjoyed doing this year? Do you want me to go first? You go first. Go on. Should, or, or, or should we go with what I'm going to guess is going to be the one that appears on both our lists? I reckon there might be two, but go on. Okay. Um, Dublin? Dublin. The Thursday trip to the Open Gate Brewery, getting a look behind the scenes again, going through the archives, the roasting oh, yeah. room. St. Patrick's for... The beer snobs. Yeah. Brilliant. But there was something quite nice about that Friday afternoon, especially when we were in the, uh, the Galway Bay bar as well uh, Alfie Burns yeah yeah. I think we spent a good three three and a half hours there I would have happily spent longer yeah there didn't really need to move on did we no no quite, quite there, was still, there was still enough beer yes yeah um, I don't think anywhere quite lived up to the same we had a couple of surprises in the evening of places which I wasn't expecting to be quite so good yeah I think the O'Neill's not the chain O'Neill's no. but the O'Neill's pub that we went into that had a massive range of craft yeah, beers yeah yeah and that busy pub as well yeah that that was standout yeah. but yeah it was just um, the whole trip was fantastic um, but yeah the real highlight was that little sort of pub crawl that we did on the on, on the Friday yeah. around Dublin yeah that was good fun four of us and then Wayne joined us later on didn't he yeah so yeah. Uh, uh, Underdog I think we met up with him yeah yeah, and then for the rest of the evening yeah, pretty no. much pretty, that was a it, it was a lovely experience so the Thursday was excellent but just that opportunity to uh, do a few of your favourite places and a new, few new places in Dublin in the afternoon was good and it was a nice day on the Friday as well mm. Thursday had been peeing it down hadn't it yeah that helped but having the opportunity on the Friday where it was actually that one of those clear crisp winter days loads of people walking around Dublin 
Really, really nice. Yeah. So we had a great day out, out in Dublin, yep. so probably worthy of a, a, a appearing oh, yeah, on, on, on both our lists. Um, what, else, what else have you got on your list? Uh, my stag weekend in Liverpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that was, I had a really, it was a cracking time. Uh, so, you know, we, I, I won't spend too long because we talked about it before, but the first evening it was just me, Nick, Carl and Neil, and we went out to Manchester in the evening. So I found a good reason to go to Marble, <laughs> as you do. Always any reason to go to Marble. Exactly. And then on the on the Friday, we only did two or three pubs on the Friday from like mid-afternoon mid, mid into the late evening, but we, it was really just chill day. And then the Saturday we did a bit more of a crawl, where you know we managed to tap up a few few good places. Actually, it worked out really well. And it was it was a great day. Yeah. 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 And you know, Rob discorrobulated. We we sort of bumped into him a couple of times, and he was the one who recommended us going to Bundabust mm-hmm. as well. That was a good chance. It did get us away from the crowd for a bit as well. That bit of town was bit of the city was quite busy, wasn't it? Um, and we were blessed with great weather again yeah we were lucky for both those days because yeah. Sunday wasn't quite as nice when we were leaving uh, I, and I absolutely it was my second time to Liverpool this year and I just absolutely loved walking around Liverpool but it was a bit I mean there were some bits on Saturday which were really busy I mean this was I know it was midsummer. yeah the main touristy bit was properly was busy. busy yeah you know, the, that bit at St Matthew Street around the cavern no yeah no, too no. much too much too much yeah uh, but no, had a really good time, and obviously I know that you uh, tapped up a couple of places just to make sure they were good for us, like uh, Dead Crafty and Brewdog. So that worked out well because Brewdog laid us on a nice little area, and Dead Crafty would have set us up downstairs if we'd wanted to. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But it was a nice day, and it was nice and bright upstairs, and we weren't there wasn't really many other people in, was there? So it was quite nice being upstairs rather than downstairs. Yeah, and I think crafty. I think the. I still forget the guy's name. Gareth, I want to say, the, the, the guy that runs the place. Can't remember. Um, encouraged us to, to stay upstairs as, as, as well. And he was great in terms of chatting to the entire group as well, wasn't he? Not just yeah, al- of, almost ignoring those of us in the group that, that knew a bit about beer yeah. and focusing on, on your friends that weren't really yeah. beer beery And helping them, helping them make their choices. Yeah. So, yeah, no, hats off, very good. And it was just a, it was just a really fun day. Long day. Finishing off in the grapes at the end of the day, where a few oh, of us I loved it in there. Where a few of us turned to gin. Yeah, the, it was the the gin saved me on that day. <laughs> it, it really did. So no, that, that and that's uh, it's my second beery highlight of the year. Okay, uh, my second one was uh, a weekend that I had in Southwold in in August. Uh, Emma and I spent the weekend in, in in Southwold. We got there on the Friday night. We were there till the Monday morning. Um, Thoroughly explored all of the Adams pubs. Spent probably far too much time in the Soul Bay Inn, drink, <laughs> drinking lot, lots of Adams beer, um, and also took a trip over to Walberswick to the Anchor to a little beer festival that, that they had on. And again, fantastic weather, uh, and it was just a, a, an absolutely superb weekend. Just drinking really good, uh, in, in a lot of instances, really good cask beer. Yeah, no, it's, it looked like a really good weekend. I mean, I, I would dispute, but you can't spend too long in the Soul Bay Inn. I, no, that's uh, maybe a slip of the tongue there. Maybe I didn't spend long enough. Long in enough there. in the Soul Bay yeah, Inn. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think on the Sunday, we got there about two and we left close to when it was closing. That's a good good show. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well done. You, but by then, you've seen Southwold anyway. Yeah, it I mean, it's not massive, is it? It doesn't take long to look around Southwold. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, if you're into your beer, you're only really going to Southwold for one reason. Yeah. Which is to, is to drink Adnams. Yeah. Um, 
because if you are looking for something else, you're going to be sorely disappointed most of the time yes. anyway. Yeah. But the salt bathing is just a lovely spot. If you get if you're lucky enough to get in there and bag a table, fish and chips, nice pints, see the brewery, work, works every time. It's definitely my favourite one. Yeah, and that's that's what did it for me. I think on that Sunday we had food in there and we were we, we were drinking and it was just a just a lovely environment to be in. Yeah, and the 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 people beyond the bar help make it as well. They're always yeah. really friendly in there. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. no, so I can uh, I can see why you'd have that as your second beer highlight. Yeah. So, so what so what's your is it your last one? Yeah, so there, there might be the odd. I haven't really got that many honourable mentions, but yeah. it's going to be the most recent activity, the Crimbo Crawl. Okay. And I'm not going to go over that again. Because we, we did that on the We last did show. that, and uh, an excellent review of the weekend by Beers Without Frontiers, I must oh, say. Oh, that was, that was amazing. It was, yeah. it was really really weird listening to somebody else reviewing something that we had organised. Yeah, it was quite, but it was quite good, though, because it's from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly, came to a lot of the same conclusions that we came to yeah. as, as, as well, which, yeah. which was great to, great to yeah, hear. Yeah, so, no, I really enjoyed the, the podcast, guys, and uh, said it again, said it last time, but great to meet all three of you from Beers Without Frontiers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for that. So, I won't, I don't need to again. Okay. Um, my last one is, uh, and this will come as a surprise to, to many, many listeners, um, is uh, another weekend away that I had with Emma, uh, which was when we went to Brussels and Bruges. Back in, so, back in May. So a cask weekend. Yes. And now a Belgian-y weekend. Yes. Okay, I think most to, listeners would be surprised. Two of my highlights of, of, <laughs> of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, for me, it was almost a, a journey of discovery in, in, in terms of taking on Belgian beers. And I actually found quite a lot that I enjoyed and loved. But as, there, as, there, as is, well. there is a big variety in Belgian beers. And I think probably what's happened with the Belgian beers you've had in the past and let's specifically say a lot of the Belgian beers that we open at Bottle Share. Which are more on the sour, very much, Saison-y, funky yeah. side. And it's, I think for you, it's definitely that Saison, funky, farmhouse, oh, right, barnyard that, kind of feel to yeah. it that gets you both, first of all, the nose will get you, mm, not, this, I'm not sure I'm going to like this, then the taste and then the heartburn. Yeah. Uh, but there are so many other beers that are Good quality, very tasty, very flavoursome. I mean, they're impy stouts. Yeah, I, I enjoyed a couple of those. The Belgium impy stouts, yeah. I think, are very good. Um, and even just how, even if you forget about the same, even just going from like the blonde, the double, the triple, those yeah. kind of ones. Again, they have some of those fruity esters, but it's not overwhelmingly smacking you in the face and making you want to reach for the Gaviscon. Yeah, well, well one, of the, one of the standout highlights of, of, of that particular weekend was when we, we got to Bruges and went, went to Degas and everybody that I'd spoken to recommended ordering the house beer. So I was like, two of the house beer and sit down and drinking it. I'm like, whoa, this feels boozy. So I asked the fella behind the bar what the ABV on it was. He was like, oh, it's 11% and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. House beer. And, and there we were just drinking the, 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 the house beer. The, 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 I think it's a triple. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy a triple. I, I really enjoy a quad because I think there's a lot of characteristics in a quad that are very similar to Impy Stout. Yeah. Or you could say a lot of time with some of those quads start putting you in the mind of a barley wine yeah. over here. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, so that, was, that was one of my real highlights this year. And Bruges is, be- to, Bruges is a beautiful city. It is, and I've, I've said I'd, I actually want to go back next year. Yeah, I, you know, that was, that was a bit of a revelation when you said at the time how much you'd enjoyed not just Bruges, but the actual the beer experience as yeah. well. 
Yeah, and like, like I say, I want, I want to go back and try it again. I want, want, want to do some places that I didn't do last and time. It's easy, well, there's loads of those. Yeah. And it's easy to get to. Oh, it's so easy. So easy. A few trains and you're there all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so have you got any honourable mentions as well on, on, on your list? Well, this is an honourable mention in so much as um, I was lucky enough to have a beers that I could choose but I can't not mention the fact that I was able to be a bit beery for my wedding to Michelle. Yeah. Um, you know, the place was very flexible. The venue was very flexible with the beers. I mean, obviously, I had to pay some corkage, but we had a fridge which had the beers I wanted in there. We had something special on cask. And for the toast, uh, you know, for, for like the speeches and stuff, they were quite happy for us to crack open a Fuller's Vintage 2015, which is obviously the year when we first met. So I really did appreciate that. And it just... So those little touches which just added a mm. bit more to what was already a special day for us. So that would definitely be an honourable mention for me. I would have been quite surprised if you hadn't mentioned that. To, to I think I'd be quite dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I hadn't mentioned that. But it's, it's, it's genuine. It's just one of those things. Because it's something that I really enjoy. I don't know if everywhere would be as flexible. Yeah. And this place was from early doors about it. So that that really helped for me. Yeah. So any honourable mentions from you? Uh, I've got two. Um, one you've already mentioned, uh, the Crimbo Crawl. Um, I did enjoy it this year. Uh, I don't really want to come across as sounding like we're blowing smoke up our own backside sort of thing. Um, it was a good year. I, I think, you know, we took on board a lot of feedback from previous years. Yep. We did less venues, more time in those venues. And as a result of that, it seemed as though it was much more relaxed. Uh, people did go off and do their own things, but there was time within the, the kind of schedule to enable them to do that. That's just what I was going to say, because I did notice from listening to Beers Around Frontiers that they commented about that. Charles mentioned about the longer time in venues and stuff. But, you know, si- Simon and Vicky mentioned, Simon mentioned that he managed, he did sneak over to, to North America when he got hungry. Yeah, for a but Because we had enough time in places, it meant that if people said, well, we're going to be here, so that means there's plenty of time to go there as well. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You can do it. So that was really good to hear, actually, that some of the tweaks we'd made to the plan actually worked quite well. Mm-hmm. Without doubt. It definitely felt like yeah. it to me. And as again, as I said, Cafe Beermoff, it is such a great place to finish off at. Yeah. And because it does quite an off towards the end of the evening. Yeah. So, which, which we knew ourselves because we ended up with quite a nice space. Yeah. It? Yeah. Really nice space. So, yeah. Uh, I, you know, like I said, for me, it is just right up there. Really odd. No fest. No, I mean, I, I didn't really do any festivals these years because no, normally, I didn't really. normally beery adventures. I mean, I went to the one at Vessel, which I mentioned last time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I did really enjoy it, but generally, I didn't really do as many festivals this year, so nothing really leaps out at me. And I'm not sure even if I had it, whether they would have made my beery. Well, there were adventures. A lot of our listeners fed back. Uh, about festivals but before we jump into that I've just got one more honourable mention that I do just want to mention and it it, it was kind of a bit of a a, a work trip for us Uh, and that was the day that we went up to Manchester again um, to visit Marble well we got smashed in like five hours yeah and had a look around the brewery Um, Jan and the team looked after us really well while we were up there we recorded a great podcast with them and and it was just uh, the, the whole day was just from beginning to end just thoroughly enjoyable. It was thoroughly enjoyable, but we were actually only in Manchester for, I reckon, for about six to six and a half hours. And we drank a lot while well, we were yeah. there. Well, Joe, uh, Jan, Jan Sonny runs the brewery. Um, even when he was giving us a lift from the brewery to the Marble Arch, insisted we had a Jeep beer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every, uh, and we had a walk-in beer. 
yep. as, as well <laughs> as we walked between the Marble Arch and um, yeah. 57 Thomas Street. Yeah, um, really, really looked after. But that's yeah. that's not the reason why why I've, I've oh, chosen no. that. It's because again, it's just because it was a fantastic day. It was nice to see the brewery in its really early stages. The new brewery pre tap room as well, which is looking yeah. really nice. The tap, yeah. the tap bit, the tap area of the brewery. Um, again, we get to spend a lunchtime at the, at the Marble Arch. Excellent. And it was nice to visit uh, Thomas Street as well. Yeah, just just a great day. And that's that's why I had to put it on one of my... Honourable mention. As an honourable yeah, no, mention. I couldn't disagree with that. Um, I noticed you've you, you finished. I have finished. You've, you Let me just clarify this again. So the uh, rhubarbly wine which has been sent to us by Sean, comes in at 10.2%. You've necked. It, well, because it doesn't it doesn't taste 10.2%. Yeah. I mean, when I say you've necked, I'm one gulp you're, behind you. You're almost you. there, and, that, yeah. that, and that's only because you've been talking. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be honest here. Um, final thoughts on, on, on the beer? The more I drink it, the more I've forgotten it's a barley wine, yeah. 10.2%. It just feels like a really nice, smooth beer. And... I mean, we've had it for a while now, and you know this was this was always the plan. Well, Sean, when he gave it to us back in the summer, said, he said, "Hang on, yeah, do it, in, do um, it in the winter." And it has it's it's bloody mellow, really. Yeah. It's just a mellow drink. It's got some nice fruity notes. If I was blind tasting it, I think the only thing that might give me a bit of a hint about maybe a bit of a an ABV spike is the the thick mouthfeel. Yeah. But even then, I'm not sure if I'd go much over the high sixes. Mm, I'd, I'd say I'd maybe look in, be thinking eight. Would you? Yeah, yeah. What, because I, of the body, I think. I think it's the body. I, I think that's ultimately the, the the body gives away the ABV a little bit because it is it is such a big thick body. But that is you can't get to that without a big ABV. That's true. That's true. Um, but. Congratulations, Sean. That is a really nice. I'd love to. I reckon because I think he's going to do this again, and I reckon he's going to add more rhubarb. I think so. So that, because that, I think so he, it. he said to us in in the week that he feels as though maybe the rhubarb's died off a yeah. little bit. And but again, again that shows his skill as a home brewer because he is right. I think there was more rhubarb when we had the other beer. The, the rhubarb has died off, but it's still got fruity notes. It'd just be harder to pick it out, yeah. Than specifically rhubarb, yeah. So um, he thought he used a lot last time. He's going to have to use more then. Indeed, yeah. That, but. I mean, but ultimately, really, really accomplished brewing that. Very, uh, very satisfying beer. So yeah. as a kickoff to the end of year show, that's not too bad at all. Yeah. Cheers, Sean. Thank you very much for that. So to follow up the uh, rhubarbly wine. Which I still think is a great name. That just really makes me smile every, is, every time I say rhubarbly. You have to think about it though. Yeah. Yeah, rhubarbly. I had to look at it for a couple of times to make sure I was saying it right. Um, yeah, so I've poured another beer already. Yes, uh, which was a, a, another gift yes. from, from a listener, which we're, we're really, really grateful when people yeah, do this. We, this. we don't ever expect No, it. so this is from uh, Rob, uh, who I mentioned earlier, this is Robulated. On the Friday night, he uh, came along with us to the Beer Nouveau Tap, spent a very enjoyable evening with us, as well as sharing a beer uh, amongst the whole group, the, the beer from Garage. He also gave us salted caramel quadruple from those crazy guys at the time, Mad Hatter Brewing Co. People might remember infamous for their tzatziki sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a beer that's been quoted more than once on men behaving badly. And also on Rhythm and Bruce. Yeah, has been a bit crazy, but yeah. but as far as I can tell, 
And I don't know if I've had it or not, but everyone says it's crazy, but it does actually taste like tzatziki. Yeah. Which is really weird. Just still. one for me to avoid. You stay away, Steve. If yeah. anyone ever offered you a bottle that they still have, <laughs> say no. Go with the old Grange Hill song. Okay. Just say no. Um, so, should we... Uh, yeah, let's let's dive in. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, well, straight away you're getting caramel on the nose. Yeah. It's definitely got oh, sweet toffee yeah, aroma. Yeah. I mean, it's actually got quite toffee-looking colour to it as well. Ooh. That's delicious. It's delicious, but that's boozy. Oh, you see, I don't, I'm not getting the boozy. Oh, I'm getting a lot of boozy on that. I'll tell you what I'm getting, though. Salt at the end. I'm really getting salt at the end of that. There's really subtle sweetness, and yeah. at the very, very end... You get the caramel. Yeah, very end. Then there's a little bit of chocolate, and then it gets a little bit dark chocolate, and then right at the end, there is just a, a slight saltiness yeah. to it. That's... I mean, I'm not getting the boozy bit, but I mean... That's, I mean, I don't... Rob, you'll have to remind us. I can't remember what you said about how long you've had this bottle, but obviously it's a discontinued beer and pretty much a discontinued brewery anyway, but... Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is It is delicious. So for anyone who is interested, this, this comes in at 10.4%, uh, sticking on the theme for tonight. doesn't actually tell us too much else on, on the bottle, but um, I'm massively impressed with that. Massively it's impressed really with tasty. that. It's really You know, and you've already uh, mentioned that quads are up your street. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are one that I go for when, when it comes to Belgian style. But probably getting towards the end of the session. Oh yeah, not not at the beginning. At of, the beginning uh, of the session, straight after a barley wine. Yeah, what else would who, you do? Who would do such a thing? <laughs> um, while we're enjoying this, then let's get into some of the listeners' uh, beery adventures uh, of the year. So first up from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, very personal one. But attending Clayfest was an amazing day. Shared some incredible beers and some incredible food, but in a great, warm, friendly company was a real privilege. It was lovely to see Miles that day. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a special thing because you know he's had a bit. He's had a bit of a tough year, and also it's his fortieth birthday. Yeah. He had a few ambitions, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I know you went up to Newcastle to to help him with some of those. You selflessly drank his beer. I did. I was given full reign yeah. over, over his cellar, and um, he he wanted got trapped to in the free trade in. I know that weather looked awful. I can't believe that was on one of my beer adventures of the year. <laughs> actually, getting trapped in the free trade in. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, of all the places to get trapped. I know, there, 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 could, there, there could be a few worse than yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, that, that, that was really, it was really good to see, Mark. So it's nice that you put that on the list, actually. Yeah, very nice. Uh, next up, Ian Hay at II Hay. Uh, the Midsummer Beer happening in Stonehaven. A fantastic event in a beautiful place with so many good breweries. It's relaxed and the vibe is magnificent. There are two big brewery events in, Ab- in the Aberdeen area and this is the best. Smiley face emoji beside yeah. that. Now, what other event could he be talking about in Aberdeen that takes place once a year? I'm not sure. No. If anyone has any ideas, let us know. Yeah, yeah let us know. Use the hashtag opinions. Yeah. Um, what, what I love about this, though, and, and, and this will come through as we go through a few more of these, is, is the range of really local events that yeah. people are talking about that we would have no idea existed no, well, unless one. people actually got involved in, in, in these polls. That, that one did. straight away. Um, next one up. From Shush Kelly at Max Ray at Birmingham Beer Week. Love getting to work with lovely people to help put on an event that brings together the brewers and beers of the Midlands. Um, 
it seems to be quite quite a successful event this year. Yep. And uh, pretty certain they're planning planning more in the future. I, th- I think they are, but we all know there's only one event happening in Birmingham next year. Hashtag Summersesh. That's it. Uh, from James at Gammon Baron, the 23rd Internationals Berliner Beer Festival. 2,000 beers from 320 breweries from 86 countries over 2.2 kilometres with my lovely wife. Even the torrential rain didn't put us and the super friendly visitors off. Plus, who doesn't love a curry burst? Sounds incredible. <laughs> Apart from the food. Um, but but the, the beer itself... I mean, that's some pretty impressive stats, yeah. isn't it? You're not going to get stuck for choice there, no, are you? No, you're just going to get stuck wondering which ones you can't have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy Makepeace at Jeremy Makepeace One uh, Leeds Beer Festival. I have volunteered for the last four years. Get looked after. Work with great breweries and drink good beer. Uh, we've been, only been to Leeds one once, haven't we? But we thoroughly I've, enjoyed that. I've day. been twice. Oh, you've been yeah. twice. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the one one time I went. Yeah, I, I did. It's a great festival. Again, one of these festivals that's almost made by the location that's in. Yeah, it's such an important part of it. Yeah, uh, the Manchi at the Pyman Seven. Charlbury Pit Beer Festival for me. Caught up with some mates I haven't seen for ages. Decent beers, some on keg, decent music, bands, and the weather was perfect for sitting outside and drinking to your heart's content. Sounds sounds like my perfect day. Yeah, I mean that, that's good. And you, you know, choice of choice of dispense, some decent bands, and because the weather's nice, you you got a choice of where to sit as well. Yeah, it spreads out the numbers, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kieran at Sun underscore Apart. Quite simply, bereft. At Molen Beer. At Molen Beer. Bereft, so I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Yeah, me too. So there seems to be a lot of love for that one. From Simon Webster at Bees underscore Boy. Event, great cask beer at a revitalised and modern Great British Beer Festival. I'm not surprised that that came up, actually, because the, the, the GBBF did get a lot of love this year for making what seemed to be wholesale changes to, its, to, to the event. Yeah, they, they did get... There seem to be a lot of uh, thumbs up, so they need to carry on in the same vein. I'm sure there's still more they can do, but it sounded like a good start last yeah. year, so I think we're starting to see a few changes there. Yeah. Um, from David Crane at 50TVG, Larganitas Beer Circus in London was brilliant. Patrick Fox at Foxatronic82, uh, bar manager of Open Gate Brewery. Um, and friend of the show. And very fr- fr- and, and just friend. Yeah. And just friends, to Absolutely, be fair. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, loved the White Hag Extravaganza again this year. And, of course, hanging out with, with you, your lot again at Stoutfest. Well, we loved it as well. We did. We absolutely, absolutely loved being there. And I'm very grateful for the invite, Patrick. Yeah. And uh, one of my favourite drinks is still the Espresso Stout Martini. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Five of them. Yeah. Maybe didn't need that many. Who slept that evening? Oh, dear. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Heart pounding away. Yeah. So, Terry Hodkin at Beer With Feather. I do love some of these names. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> they yeah. come up with them sometimes. Going to the McKellar Beer Celebration in Copenhagen. A fantastic experience and just can't believe how much I put away. Also going to War Pigs Brew Pub. Sounds like what you did. But he's, he didn't fall asleep he after didn't... just 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he went hard but managed to survive the whole session by the sounds of it. Yeah. I didn't. Well done, Terry. Yeah, very well done. Um, from Chris Barron at merely underscore Chris. Has to be Brett Will Eat again this year. The passion of people involved is infectious and it is the friendliest event out there. 
Um, I'm judging by the title of that one, maybe not a festival for me. Oh, in fact, we've got a few coming up, which I don't think are, <laughs> uh, are, are festivals for me. So from Jezza at Bonsvo One, uh, Tur de Goose. Uh, Potentially not, not, not one Definitely for you. not one for me. Uh, then we had from Philo Fob at Sour Beardo and from Cat Seal at Katrinas, who both um, were raving about Abidal Funkfest. Um, the festival was small, well created, good vibes, and good to see Sheffield and drink amazing beer. Then had Craig Henderson at the MCR Smoggy talking about Torside Smokefest. Hadn't really tried a lot of smoked beers, so it was jumping back, jumping in with both feet. Loved it, definitely going back. Well, we know who else likes that one. We do, yes. Um, but again, it's, it's, this, is, this is the thing with some of these comments. It's that the range of different beer festivals and events that there are out there. Yeah, and especially these festivals which are put on by the breweries themselves. Yeah. At the brewery as well. You know, both Abbeydale and Tallside. So that's really good to hear. Um, from the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady and from James at Iron Pier underscore James. Has to be peak ender and the whole weekend in Bakewell. Yes, it was a mud bath, but it marked a point in a tough year where I was able to go away and be carefree for a few days. Meeting up lovely folk reminded me there was still life outside the bubble I'd been in. Hashtag, you know who you are. I can relate to that because I, I, I was there. Yeah, and you know, Bakewell is a nice place as well. Bakewell is beautiful. And I know it was yeah. a mud bath, but... You know, loads of people have still waxed lyrical about that event. It, it, it may have been a mud bath, but I did enjoy spending a lot of time in the joiner's arms. <laughs> Even though that's not why I was there, I actually think I spent more time in that little pub than I did in that little micro pub than I did at the festival itself. A handily place for you, five minutes away from the B and B. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's not yeah. too bad, is it? Yeah. Uh, from Lee at Tiger Lee and Mark Behan at Mark 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 Key. <laughs> Marky mouth... tweets. That's, oh, that's what I'm going to go that, with. That's a mouthful. Marky tweets. Yeah. Uh, Fidelity in Dublin by Whiplash Beer and Big Romance Bar was definitely a highlight. Not even heard. I haven't. I heard think of this it. was a new festival, like a new festival type thing. Oh, was it? That happened in Dublin. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, again, it's, it's another one to put on the radar, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from Aaron at Saltwell Mackham, from Pete at Hops and Hoops, and from Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden seventy three, craft beer calling held at Wyland Brewery. That will always get a shout out. I, I think so. I mean, apart from anything else, I mean, the where it is. This is um, another one that I think might have actually passed us by. So from Martin Griffin at Martin the Monkey, Rach at Look at Bruin, Steve London at Steve underscore London, who are all talking about uh, the Dark Star Sussex, Brewery, Sussex Brewery's Yard Party. Hadn't passed me by because uh, Rach wrote a blog oh, okay. about it um, and threw a few pictures in it. I think she's been a bit of a... She's gone since they started doing it, I think. It's just growing each year. And they bring in other Sussex breweries as well. Um, looked really good. I mean, Sussex, and we think we've mentioned it more than once, unlike a lot of Essex, yeah. have really embraced modern interpretation of beer styles. There's some cracking breweries churning out some really good beers down that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Might be worth a visit one year, mate. Maybe. If it if it carries on. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing. You, you know, obviously what with Darkstar now being owned by Fuller's, now being owned by Asahi. Yep, yep. I mean, hopefully it will. Think, let's think, cross our fingers that that doesn't get changed. Yeah. Um, and from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon, Paul at UNRCD, Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608, and Men Behaving Badly at MBB Podcast, The Crimbo Crawl. Oh, just nice that we appear on this yeah. list. Always, always a pleasure to meet up with like-minded folks and have a chat over good beer 
Looking forward to summer sesh in Birmingham. Birmingham. Make, make sure I pronounce it. I was emphasising the beer bit that time. Okay, okay. Um, we seem to be on a bit of a, a Manchester run towards the end here. Because <laughs> next up from Rich, Rich Caller at Rich Caller, uh, from Mort Miller Reiki at Mort Miller Reiki, from Will Longmate at Longmate, and from Brown's Beer Blog at Brown's Beer Blog. For a slightly different reason, the saving of the Cloudwater Friends and Family event, mainly the demonstration of the influence of the beer community can have on those in positions of power in, in a region. Um, a lot of people right. saying that the Cloudwater event was a was a great event, and obviously the fact that on the Saturday morning it seemed like it wasn't going to go ahead, and then there was a lot went on behind the scenes to make it happen. They they managed they did manage to pull pull you know the 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 iron out of the fire on that one. Um, I mean there was a, you know if you you couldn't help but be sort of almost gripped by what was being all the stuff that was going back and forth on Twitter. Yeah, the people who were getting involved. So yeah, and. Again, it is one of those festivals where, despite all of that, the feedback about what well, feedback about it's been really positive. Absolutely, and they know, they're definitely doing it again, aren't they? That's already yeah, lined up. Yeah, it's happening again. Yeah, so uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, you know, you can tell just by four people talking about it straight away. Yeah, but people loved it. Um, and then a whole load of people. M Harris, M Harris at Chew Twenty Two, Mark Bailey at Uproar Thirteen, the Hopspot Podcast at Hopspot UK, Men Behaving Badly at MBB Podcast, and Mister WP at Right Heart Lane, Indie Man. Um, particularly the Friday session, chilled out atmosphere, and the chance to drink various versions of Sirens, Maiden, Barley Wine. Um, but lots of people having lots of very good things to say. About Indie Man. Yeah, and uh, the, the, a lot of those people went at different times as well, because yeah. Men Behaving Badly went on the Sunday. Went on the Sunday, so... And I think one or two of them would have gone on the uh, on the Saturday, so a couple of most of the sessions between the people who commented on it as well. Yeah. So, uh, do we have, um, do we have a, a winner? We, we do. So, uh, as I said earlier on, um, with some of these categories, we've been able to do a Listener's Choice Award, purely based on the amount of times a particular thing was mentioned. Uh, and it will probably come as no surprise uh, for those that have been listening closely that the uh, Listener's Choice Award for the Beery Adventure of the Year um, goes to Indie Man. That's not a shock. Yeah. You know, that isn't a shock. And to be honest, if I'd had to sort of pick one out that I think other people would have chosen, probably would have gone Indie Man myself anyway. I think so. I think, I think it remains, despite all of the... Uh, the range of beer festivals that there are now in the UK running throughout the year, I think Indie Man remains, a lot of people said it at the time, it remains the Glastonbury of, of, of UK beer festivals. It sells out quickly. Um, it's the one that everybody wants to be at. It's the one that everybody wants to experience. Yeah, and you know, plenty of people are still going for the first time. Yes, which speaks volumes. Yeah, people are still going there for the first time. So it's not like they're just getting, you know, repeat offenders. It's first time visitors that want to go back to it. Yeah. Which, again, I think, like you say, does speak volumes about it. Right, while, uh, I mean, I've got the next set of beers out. Okay. But, final thoughts on the 10.4% Mad Hatter Salted Caramel Quadruple. I think, without a doubt, there, there are a lot of beers that claim to be salted caramel. Um, I love, personally love salted caramel in, in anything. I, I mean, the first time I had salted caramel, I was going, oh, I don't really get this. What's, what, why are they mucking around with chocolate and caramel? Yeah. What's the point? However, 
that soul really does work. But the soul, it, 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 does. it does work. It does. And I think this is one of very few versions of beers that have claimed to be salted caramel that does actually taste like salted caramel. Yeah. I mean, it's just got to be a couple, at least a couple of years old, I would say. Yeah. And those notes were still there, weren't they? Absolutely. That, 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 I'd, I'd say they were the more, most prominent thing. I think if, if you were pushed on style of beer, you'd be hard pushed to, not, to call that a quad. Oh, I, I would struggle with that. Because there's no, there's no belgian notes, so, so to speak. It's there's, not, even quite, it's not even quite as heavy either. No. It hasn't got the same, uh, the, the big, the, maybe the slightly thicker body. Like, yeah. So like a Straff Hendrick. It hasn't got that sort of mouthfeel to it. But I reckon early on in its days, I reckon you would have got even, uh, personally, I think you would have got more of that salted caramel notes as well. I reckon it would have been a bit sweeter. Do you think, or do you think... Well, I reckon it's, it's just a, needed time to really. Oh no, I think. I, well, I think it just mellowed off. I mean, it just tastes really well balanced now. I mean, yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. And Rob, um, thank you so much for gifting us that. We have thoroughly enjoyed. We that. have thoroughly enjoyed it, and bearing in mind, it's I, I don't know how many of those are around. How many of those are around? So again, thank there you very much. Can't be many much. left. No, can't be many can't left be at many all. Left. So what's next? Well, you know, we've had a ten point two and a ten point four. Okay, so, so you know, logically, you you would say maybe maybe take a step down. Probably best to at yeah. this stage, yeah. So we're not. Okay then. Um, it is the end of year. It is end of year. It could be it's end, the end of end the night. Yeah. Uh, so eleven point eleven point zero percent, five hundred milliliter bottle, a brute imperial pilsner, Camden beer twenty nineteen. Okay. So uh, this is an annual release, is it, Steve? They do, yeah, they do a beer every year. Um, it's normally a different uh, version of a different lager that's normally been barrel-aged in some way. I believe they've been doing it since at least, I'm, I certainly remember buying beer 2016. I'm not sure whether they did a 2015, but it is slightly different every year in terms of the style of lager that it is. Okay, well... You know, I'll before I pour it, give a little read. So bold, a bubbly, and perfect for any celebration. Unconvinced, eh? Our Imperial Pilsner will put you in mind of the fancy French stuff. With biscuity malt and fruity grape aromas from Halatau Blanc and Enigma Hops. It's aged for eight months in the classic champagne combo of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay barrels. Brute dry and much too tasty to smash on the hull of a ship or spray on a racing car. Okay, so I'm going to say at this point what we're hoping for is something crisp, refreshing, with possibly a really dry finish. That would be on my list. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty certain I've never had a Pilsner this big in ABV. Uh, it's a massive ABV. I mean, I mean for a Pilsner, you would, you're generally sort of in that, what, five-ish? It's, cer- it's certainly not a sessionable Pilsner, is it? No, well, it could be one of those dangerous ones which actually tastes a bit sessionable. Yeah. So. Let's find out. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. It's just easy bready nose, but very, yeah. very subtle. Yeah. Maybe a bit of the white grape. Ooh. Oh, that's quite whiny, actually. That, that is. It's really taking on the characteristics of the white grape. Really oaky. Yeah. As, as well on, 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 on the, the finish. The, the breath after the, the, the finish. Yeah. The oak comes through really afterwards. Really oaky. The oak definitely comes through after. That's very different. Oh, 
Oh, I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. I, I mean, you are getting all of the pills and the characteristics are there initially. But with... And then you get a wave of additional flavour. And, and, and body come through And they're well. starting to get that dryness at the top of the mouth now. Yeah. Which you would get, say, with a really dry champagne as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Very interesting. And in, Very interesting and in, beer. A barrel-aged Imperial Pilsner. Boot. Imperial, Imperial Pilsner. Pilsner. Yeah, that's... I'm impressed with that. You, you picked this one up, didn't you? Yeah, uh, available in Waitrose. Well, like all good beers these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while we're enjoying this, let's uh, jump on to our next category, which is Brewery of the Year. Now, we split this into two. We've gone for UK Brewery and Rest of the World. Yep. So let's start with Rest of the World. Yep. Because it's probably going to be easier than UK Brewery. Yeah, probably. Um, um, and I think, quite possibly again, we might have both gone for the same <laughs> brewery on, on this. I think we will have Half Acre. Absolutely Half Acre for me. It's the overseas brewery that whenever they do a release, I'm f- trying to find out where I can get hold of it from. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we do. When, when we know there's new cans coming to the UK, we start searching the outlets yeah. that we know that So the, the couple of local ones like Two Brews for You in Colchester, uh, Licorice and Shenfield where we used to record at, or if it's maybe online with beer merchants, where can I get hold of it in the quantities that we want? You know, give Clay, we give Clayton a shout as well. Yeah. So we get a bit of a bulk order. It's probably actually one of the... Probably goes into a FOMO category for me these days. Oh, it's for me as well. I get I get properly upset if I've missed out on half acre yeah. beers when they come to the UK because I enjoy them so much. Um, that being said, according to my untapped beery year thing, now do I again? I'm not sure I'm going to stretch my imagination too far. Um, whoever the brewery is who makes. Riney from Aldi. Who makes Rhinebacker? Uh, well, I, it's I, got to be them it, as your favourite overseas or it, most. It should be purely based on the <laughs> amount of beers of theirs that I've drunk this year. Um, that that should be my overseas or, or my rest of the world brewery of the year. But um, I kind of when I did this whole category, I, I've got a whole sciency process behind this. That I'm going to go on to in a minute, but I, I did kind of straight away rule out Riney. Um, I think you had to rule out Riney from almost every category, Steve. Yeah, I, I have. To be honest. Because cause otherwise it would have been a clean sweep yeah, exactly. for, for, for Aldi Rhinebacker. <laughs> like they would have had everything. They would have probably had Beery Adventure as well for to, every, every week when I go to Aldi and pick up Because when you do pack. the 2019 stuff, it's got to be in your top five check-ins. It's, I think it's, uh, I think it's my most checked-in beer <laughs> of, 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 of this year. I've, I've checked that beer in more than I have Jaipur, Cannonball, Ghost Ship, and Punk IPA. <laughs> Brilliant. Aldi Riney. Who would have thought? Yeah, who, who would have thought it? Um, so, so, yeah. Half, so, sorry, when did you start this beer journey? In 2012. Well, we've got to the stage where you're having Superstore Lager. It's the, there's nothing wrong with it. No, it's, no. A re- it's a really tasty beer. To be fair, I think uh, when we had the barbecue in the summer um, over at your friends before you before you moved, so it's, uh, we had some Rhinies there. Yeah. I don't think you can beat it, Riney. I absolutely, I absolutely no, love it. I'd find a hard argument for that, especially at the price point as well. Yeah, yeah. So, UK brewery, then. So, are we going to dive in with our winner or some honourable mentions? Um, Should we build to a winner? 
we, we can build to a winner. I mean, I I do have a whole process to go through. As I thought you I might. Is it, to a winner. So I think my, we've gone gone about it different ways. Very this year, different ways we? this year. Yeah. So for the brewery of the year, I basically went for a lot of it was just gut. I know that there are plenty of other overseas beers I like, especially if we go say Belgian route. I rarely get the I must have feel for it. Unlike when I do the half acre. Yeah. I see them, must have them. That kind of feeling. On that basis, that's what will lead me to my brewery of the year. Um, however, I will give the honourable mention. So, North Riding, who I think were my UK brewery of the year last they, year. They were. Because they were a new discovery to me and yeah. Michelle last year. And um, you absolutely fanboyed them big to time. death last well, year. And sort of fanboyed it this year by rocking up and staying there for three nights. Yeah, you, you don't get much more <laughs> fanboy than that, do you? Yeah. Where, where do you make some of the beers? Oh, still downstairs. Okay, we'll be in one of the rooms upstairs then. Um, and it was a lovely weekend in Scarborough actually over the Easter weekend and we, again we were lucky with weather went out to Huddersfield one of the days met up with Mark really nice and uh, Stuart and Karen couldn't have been nicer as well so it was, it was a lovely weekend to stay up there so that was really good and two very obvious ones and will come as no surprise to anyone who, who listens to the show regularly uh, Adams and Thornbridge yeah um, I still adore having Adams beers I mean I am going up to the, that sort of neck of the woods around Christmas time and I'm hoping might not get one in the pub on Christmas day but I'm hoping maybe a cheeky go ship from the cask on Boxing Day would sound off Christmas quite that'd nicely for, for me yeah that would work for me and again I still love Fulbridge Wizard and I can't even I can't they just seem to release beers and not really say anything about them. And then suddenly you see just someone has checked in a beer. beers coming out all the time you from Thornbridge. You see that they've checked in a beer. It's like, well, when did that come out? Yeah. And, you know, again, referencing back to our friends at Beers Without Frontiers, lovely little review of the Cornwall Tap in, in uh, Brum, which I predict might end up on the summer sesh route. Oh, there'll, there'll, be, there'll be no doubt that will be on the summer sesh route. Yeah. Um, if, if it's not, I'm, I'm not going. <laughs> It's fine. It'll be there. But that, it was um, that sounded really good. Please come a bit further south, guys. Yeah, they keep threatening, don't they? They yeah. keep talking about London and it, it never on, really me, happens. Give me, give me a Thornbridge bar. Or, you know, Around the corner from where I work, just coincidentally, it'd be wonderful. Yeah. I, I, I hear Colchester's a really happening place. Do you? Yeah. 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 yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's my... That's my. Fr- I mean, again, I could, I could do a load of number crunching for this one. I saved a little bit of number crunching for the actual beers section. But these are the beers that generally you will find are in the cupboard, the beer cupboard. When Michelle does an order from Beer Central, there's always going to be North Riding beers in there. Apart from anything else, I don't think they actually retail through many, any other place properly on a regular basis. No, I don't think um, And, you know, I've got Adam's Ghost Ship and generally, especially with the availability of Thornbridge in supermarkets as well now. That's definitely on the list. So, yeah. honourable mentions, North Riding, Adams and Formbridge for me. Okay. It's going to take me a while to get to my honourable mentions because okay. I did go down the number crunching room. Okay, I'm going to drink some beer. So, so two days before my untapped stats were released, I basically did all the number crunching that came up with the same result that the untapped stats came up with. Um, so, I went through a whole process this year of, of downloading my stats from untapped and, and having a look through. And basically, um, what what I decided to do was have a, a benchmark. So, uh, any any breweries that had fifteen or more check ins. I don't know why I went for fifteen. It just sounded like a <laughs> right, like, like a, a round number. There was no like, science like for that at all, was it? No, no, none whatsoever. Uh, were eligible for <laughs> brewery of the year. Um, Are you lucky so, breweries? So I then averaged the scores out of all of the check ins, um, and then what I went. I went back in 
and I removed multiple check-ins of the same beer. So, for instance, Thornbridge, a lot of my check-ins this year have been Jaipur at a five. So that massively skews the results of it. So I basically took all of the, all, all of the multiple checkouts out and reduced it all to one check-in of each beer per style per brewery. Oh, my God. I oh know, this took hours. Trust me, this <laughs> took hours. Averaged the scores out again... And then applied some common sense to, to the whole thing. Applied a little bit of that gut feeling that okay. you were talking about. You don't about. think you should have started there? Well, no, I, I had a gut feeling where I was going to go. So um, <laughs> so the most check-ins I had this year was with Thornbridge, uh, which was 56 te- check-ins in total. Um, and they were adjusted down to 25 unique check-ins. Because you took out all your canned dry yeah. corp, Um And then my top five breweries in terms of check-ins versus average score against those check-ins so uh, I'll go I'll go I'll go again up so starting at number five okay Cloudwater had 27 different beers from Cloudwater this year they averaged out at 3.75 I suppose they did have a few tap takeovers in different places yeah. didn't they which you attended yeah I remarkably bought a lot of their cans as, as well <laughs> Quite surprised at that. So, so am I. <laughs> so am I, mate. Um, at number four, Adnams, eighteen unique beers, an average score of three point eight three. Less surprised about it. Half of those would have been the weekend in Southwold. Yeah, easily. Uh, number three, Thornbridge, twenty-five check-ins, average score three point eight six. Number two, the Colonel, av- uh, twenty-three check-ins, average score of three point nine six. And then I actually had a joint number one, okay. which was Beaver Town. And Magic Rock, who I had 16 unique beers from both breweries that averaged out exactly the same as 4.04. 16? Yeah. I mean, I suppose we did have a few at Beavertown when we were talking yeah, to Nick. With, we, we had with a lot at Beavertown then. Um, surprised with the Magic Rock one, though. Yeah, me too. But... Uh, are any of those your are any of those actually going to be your UK brewery of the year they're not no, are they they're not because <laughs> this is where the common sense came into it this is where the gut instinct came into Come it on. I reckon after giving you those six breweries and telling you that my winner isn't on that list I reckon you can probably guess who, who, who I'm going to give it to this year oh to be honest I haven't been thinking about who you might okay. give it to now okay no, so go on um, well, well my winner I, I enjoyed 24 unique beers from this brewery. Average score of 3.62. Um, but I ended up giving it to this brewery based on a number of external factors in terms of times and places when I'd enjoyed those beers and experiences around those beers. Um, and for me this year, um, my UK brewery of the year Marble. is Marble. Yeah, w- without a doubt. Sorry, they, just coming to my head. Yeah, they, they are far and away... Um, my UK brewery of 2019. That's good. You've mentioned Marble before. At least an honourable mentions in one of our golden pints, I'm sure. So that that isn't actually sure. When you say when you sort of I think where else is he? Ah, we've been up there a couple of times. Plus the beers you've ordered online yeah. as well. 26 different beers. I, I can easily get. I mean, I can easily have I mean half the beers we had. At least half the beers we had could get honourable mentions when we were in there the other week. Oh, easily, easily, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a couple of my hours of my life that I'm never getting back to crunch all of those numbers to come up with the result that I was always going to come up with. Um, but it was actually what it was really, I was really surprised when 
Beaver Town and Magic Rock came out jointly on top. And surprised how high up Cloudwater came in in your number of check-ins. Well, out of all of the breweries that I've drunk from this year, Cloudwater are the brewery that I've had the most unique beers from. I am surprised. Like I said, I think you have been to a few tap takeovers. There's that, but also there's that constantly changing range from yes. Cloudwater. There's no, there's no core range there. Yeah, it's there. a bit like Colonel, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty every time you have a Colonel beer, it's a different beer to the last one. Yeah. So... So what was um what was your brewery of the year that you just went for with gut instincts and didn't waste two hours of your life getting to? Well, it was based on the fact well two things. One was a comment made by my son when we went to the Craft Beer Co in London and at Islington. Oh. And Craft Beer Co always has a good range of beers, cans, yeah. can keg, bottles, cans. And he just said, you're going to go have that, aren't you? And I went, yeah. yes. And now I know exactly who you're going for. And we go all the way to Manchester. Not for the first time either. <laughs> and I see a beer there in somewhere called the Port Street Beer House. And I ordered without asking anyone else what they wanted. Colonel. Basically on the basis that, see it, have it. Yeah, I, I cannot disagree on that. If I see it on tap, I do buy it. It's really, really rare, but I don't just go and buy it. And... I know, but if I did do a bit of number crunching on the Colonel, it, would ne- it wouldn't be my highest amount of check-ins for the year, and pro- even most unique check-ins, even the, the fact that they have different ranges of beers. But I just love all their beers on tap. I don't actually order their bottles very often. I prob- you know, If I went down the tap room now, there's probably more chance I'd buy something yeah. there and take them away. Um, but yeah, the beer we had, we didn't need a 7.2% at Port Street Beer House, I would admit that. Uh, but again, I just loved it. It was a wonderful beer. Every time I have a kernel beer, I love it. Yeah. So I always order their bottles when they come up on Beer Central. Yeah, I've noticed you, you do Literally, that. Sean will post a picture of five bottles and I'll be like, yep. Yep. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Um, in fact, I should probably just say to Sean, whenever you post kernel, <laughs> just put yeah. one in my box. And we had the uh, Damson Sour recently. I think uh, Simon Calder, did he bring it along? James. Yeah, James, James Calder yeah. from Seba. Um, that was really good. Really, really, really nice. Yeah. And I think even you enjoyed it as a... I did. As a, yeah. It's quite a gentle sound, to be fair, but that was really tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Brew of the year, Colonel. And that didn't take me quite as long as your scientific approach. I enjoyed the science. I know, yeah. I, I, I did enjoy I it. Didn't really I really enjoyed enjoy that, though. I love the way that you loved doing it and then picked someone else. Yeah, I was, well, I've, I've got to say, in, in my mind, before I even started doing it, I was like, I'm probably going to go for Marble. And, and they're, they're probably going to come out number one anyway. And I was really surprised that they didn't even make the top five. In, in terms of their, their beers being averaged out. Um, but that, like I say, then what, what I did, I, I had to apply other factors to it. So but I, do you know what I think that is? And we've had that conversation before, and it will become more apparent possibly when we get to actual beer and categories of the year for the beer styles. Even though we really enjoy the beers, the ones which we enjoy and we'll have again and again, we t- despite our best efforts, we will often not score them as highly as the one-offs. Yeah, and, you know, we had some fantastic beers in the, on the Crimbo Crawl. We had some fantastic beers at the time we'd be there before that. And I was there before that. And sometimes just when you're having them and they're there and they're core range, so you know that you can have it again, you know, the Marble Stout, brilliant beer. Yeah. I still think I only give it, I say only give it a four, but then an Impy Stout, which probably I can only ever have once, doesn't exist now, probably gets a 4.75. Yeah. But it's, it's unfortunate it's the way it goes, yeah. isn't it? I mean, so I reckon that's why your average, that's what I'm saying, I reckon that's why your average score was at yeah. 3.6. And I've started thinking about that when I've started scoring beers as well, in, in terms of, 
how and, and I know you've said this yeah. before. And how, I had started. How many it. how many times will I go back to the bar and order this beer yeah. in, in a single session? If I'm doing that, it's got to be worth. It's got to be four, four point five, yeah. maybe even a five. My favourite cast beers uh, are the only reason they won't get necessarily the same score all the time or the same high score like a four and a half or four seven five will be because it is cask. It can be variable depending where you are. Yeah, and where where you are in the life cycle of it as well. So, but. I'm sure you did have a bit of fun doing that. I, but I, I, I love the way that most it. of those stats would came out two days later. I know, I know, I know. I know. I'm tapped on it two days. So next year I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm just going to let them tell me, and, and I'll go with what they're. Yeah, Funtac could let us know when they're going to do it. That would tie nicely that would with the year end show, useful. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so let's dive into some of our uh, listener comments on this one. So from Blake Thompson at Blake Thompson and Persand, just keep churning out great beer after great beer. Brewery. Fairly localish to us in yeah, Norfolk. They're Norfolk. I mean, we've had, we tend to have only. I've really only had their dark beers. Yeah. So, so that's my job. Here. But I've enjoyed yeah. the beers. I can't say about anything else. Yeah. Sam at Slowpoke Sam. Everything pressure drop have made. They've definitely so. getting a bit more recognition now because it's not like they're new. No, they've been around for ages, yeah. haven't they? And I know that when I visited them, because at the time it's when they were. I can't remember if they're still there because I know they've got the place with Verdant as well, near uh, Beavertown, and. Not only was it obviously just less crowded, some of the beers were cracking. Really, yeah. really good. So it's really quite nice to hear that someone, a brewer that has actually been around for a little while now, is starting to, people are starting to talk about them. Do you think it's the association with Verdant? I don't, I don't on, think on, that's on the done. experiment. Yeah, I don't the, think it's done them any harm at yeah. all. I reckon it's probably, attract, for some people, probably attracted a new crowd to them as well. And they're both very different breweries. Yes. So actually calling the experiment is actually quite good. I, I do clever. need to visit there because I'm probably going to be more the pressure drop guy. But if I'm going to be there, I'm going to have some verdant while I'm there. So who knows? I might find some verdants which I really, really love. Vice versa, people who are verdant are going there. You might as well try some pressure drop. Yeah, while you're there. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's a, it's, be interesting to see if anyone else picks it up, that kind of combo. Because I haven't seen anyone else do it yet. No. But it gives Verdon a really good footprint in London, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Guy Miller at Brew Guy and Mr. WP at Right Heart Lane for the second year in a row. My brewery of the year, Wand Beyond. They have pushed the envelope of beer and brewing again. Hard to believe forward thinking with 250ml cans for Imperial Stouts. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I, I love those. I'd love to have those 250ml cans. I think there's definitely... If other people could find a way to make that work, please do. So I think it's for some of those beers, it's the perfect size. It's sensible, isn't it? It's it's a sensible serving. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, you know, again, with some of the beers we've still got to come, you can imagine actually, actually that would quite, work quite well because then you, you are more into that. You're still having 125 millilitres each, which is still more than you get at an all-in festival. Yeah. All-in festivals tend to be the 90, 100 millilitre mm-hmm. mark. So you're still getting more and you're still splitting it two ways. And if it's like a 12, 30%, let's face it, uh, you know, and as Riven and Bruce said, I mean, it was Luke said, "Wander beyond, just don't do anything under ten. But just don't bother doing anything under ten percent. Just stick to the plus tens. People, that's what people really like from them. Is their, it's the stuff they do big because they do it well. Yes. Um, oh, from Justin Mason at nineteen seventies boy, and from Free Hounds and Beer Co at Free Hounds Beer. So many breweries to choose from, but for me, the brewery that have taken beer to heights I wouldn't have thought possible from a UK brewery a few years ago. A few years ago are, of course, Burning Sky. Without exception, every single thing they produced this year was phenomenal. 
And I don't. I, I know maybe other people didn't say it, but I'm sure there's plenty of people who agree with that. I, I would have thought so. Plenty of people yeah. who agree with that. And I'm, you know, I've had a, a decent sm- uh, splash on on them this year with different things, and some of their, even just some of their standard range. You know, Aurora really enjoy that. But yeah, they're right up there with their their barrel age and their slightly more funky and exciting stuff. Is stands up to some of those American breweries that do the similar sort of thing, yeah. and some of the Belgian ones as well. And it's Mark Tranter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely lauded for what he's done down there. Yeah. And to and, put the money and time in it. And just this week as well, we're now seeing their cans are, are in the wild as well. So Sean, oh, well, that has news to me. Sean, I hadn't seen that. Sean at Beer Central has, has been selling the cans this week. Oh, I hadn't seen that. The first run of cans, yeah. Okay, and is that their, like their core range of cans, their core yeah, range of beers? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think Arise, it was... Is it Arise and Aurora? I think Arise... Uh, maybe a special edition of a rise with some different hops uh, and their robust porter and, and a third one as, as well but um, the branding on the cans is exactly the same as it was on the bottles and you look at it and you're just like yeah that's burning sky you, you just instantly know well that's perfect isn't it yeah. I mean you'd want them to stay the same I quite like it I mean we had a, one of the beer uh, events at work we got the cuvee in me and Clayton did and that did go down pretty well it surprised a lot of people Oh, doesn't taste that beery kind of kind of reaction. Oh, where's that yeah, brewed? No, the beer that, um, where's that brewed? Oh, sort of down south. That was one of the beers in the Ciba Twenty Five, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, it was the one that they served as a instead of champagne. Yeah, on, on entry to the event. That was it. Yeah, and they I think they did serve it in flutes as well, didn't yeah. they? Which we did at work as well. Mm-hmm. We said no, you have, this one's in flutes just to give it again, showcase it in the way that they were sort of aiming for. Yeah. Uh, the Toy House Brewery at the Toy House. Uh, a brewery getting a job as a professional, in brackets, assistant brewer at Pig and Porter. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, yes. Congratulations. Well, it's nice to share that. Yeah. Uh, from Paul at UNRCD, and again from Three Hounds Beer Co. at Three Hounds Beer. Going for a brewery after a long, hard think, and with so much competition this year, I'm going for a local brewery as my brewer of the year, and that's Gypsy Hill. Their beers have all been brilliant, and their increased core range is excellent, and their tap room is the best. They've had a lot of love this year as well. They have, and mm. uh, that core range, see, and the co- and they've gone down to three thirties for that yes. as well, haven't they? Yeah, clever move. Very clever I, move, I think. And then um, finally on this one, and also taking our listeners' choice award um, for brewery of the year. Uh, this is from Paulie G at Can I Get a P, Gary at Workshop Driver, Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden seventy three, and probably lots of other people as well. Um, seeing St. Mars of the Desert find their place and style has been my highlight. We should consider ourselves lucky to have them here. Every beer has properly knocked it out of the park. I know very little about these guys. So they're based in Sheffield, St. Mars of the Desert, also abbreviated to SMOD mm. quite frequently. Um, it's like Smirsh. Uh, available in cans, uh, lots of their beers from their own tap room, and now making their way out across the UK as well. Um, I was in Brewdog. Tower Hill last week and they had a brown owl on from them and it was incredible it was stunning I had a couple of pints of it um, oh it's it definitely was, so one for me to look out for yeah I'd, I'd say they do a lot of um, Belgian mixed fermentation style stuff as well so okay. pro- probably probably quite styles like you'd like brilliant oh yeah. well, I'll look out for that like I said when I saw that one up there I was like I haven't really seen much about them I, I don't but it seems to have fallen off my radar so if they're getting into Brewdog bars and Brewdog bars in London, there's an opportunity for me there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they must be... If, they, if they're getting into Brewdog bars, they must be brewing quite a lot of beer. Yes. 
Agreed. If, if they're able to su- to supply Brewdog. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. So before we move on to uh, the next part, um, how are you getting on with the Camden Beer 2019? I'm really enjoying it. That sort of a it's really complex. There's it loads is really of complex. Flavors going on in there. Every time I drink it at the start, I'm back in pills in the world. By the end of the mouth, the gulp I've taken, I'm going back towards that slightly wine oaky, and it really comes through as well. And then, as I'm talking now, I can I can feel my mouth starting to dry out a bit as well. Yeah, in, and in the middle there. I, I agree with all, we, all what you said, but in the middle, there's a little bit of barrel-aged sweetness as well. That, yeah. That, that comes through a little bit of honey that, that, that comes through in the middle. Um, not saying that's necess- that, that's obviously not from the barrels, but that's that's what I'm picking up in terms of the sweetness. But you do get the oakiness, the, the, the barrel-aging sitting right in the middle of that beer. I think it's a really clever beer. Incredibly clever. Because it is still a Pilsner. But the flavours, yeah, those flavours in the middle. There's like three or four things just sort of bouncing around at the moment. I think towards the end, the, the, the white wine, the oak, the vanilla, that starts to win out. And then that dry finish. But again, and I know it's a bit repetitive, you could sit down and drink this and say this was a hot summer's day, sitting outside, say at the Camden tap room yeah. where they've still where they used to do the barrel aging didn't they that over there they used to have the barrels there. they might still have for all I know at the arches that 11% could be a very dangerous beer that beer would disappear very quickly on a hot day yeah and you would know it very quickly or when you went up to go and buy the second one you'd probably know it there and then yeah but you wouldn't be going back for a third it's incredibly complex but incredibly good and I wouldn't have quite believed you could have done all of that with the pills, though, I have to admit. It's incredible because it's it's not just it's not just barrel aging. No. It's 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 an imperial pilsner, so it's double what you'd normally expect and it's and it's brute style. Yeah. As, but you've as, got as to well. start off, and I suppose this is where you know, Camden's MO hells, they know how to make a lager. Yes. And you can do every, all this other fancy stuff, but you've got to have a good base for it so they know that bit I mean and we've still got carbonation we've got lacing on the glass yeah um, that's really really good I mean thank you very much for picking it up and sharing it um, I, if you if you see it again buy some more I think it's still available I think it's been reduced now as well if, uh, I, I might be speaking out of turn there but I do think it's been reduced it's worth um, getting in there on that I mean, I, some of the supermarkets do seem to reduce quite quickly these yeah. days don't they I, I might actually buy another bottle of that to tuck away and age for a little I'll tell you bit what, buy because, two because I think I think a bit of ageing on that might change that completely I think I think it might do as well I think you'll start in my head I think you'll start to lose maybe the pills in the feel to it and I think that barrel ageing might even come out a bit more I'll tell you what how about I buy three and we revisit it in, in a year's time on, on next year's end of year show. That sounds really good. I'll be up for that. The oh shit, Steve's planning the end of year show for next year already. <laughs> Can someone stop me saying yes? Steve's already chosen at least one beer and there's another 12 months to go. But no, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed that. I think it, it worked really well after the sorted caramel quad. Yeah. Because I think we needed something just to try and try and bring our palettes back around again before we take the onslaught of the remaining beers that we've yeah, got. Yeah, the, the, the next three beers are dark. Yes. And although the next one is a bit of a lower ABV, the two after that aren't. But they, this is a weird. We've gone for 
a very complex, almost palate cleanser at 11%, which all sounds wrong. It does. All sounds but wrong. But sounds totally right in context of the beers well, that well, we the rest of the evening. Yeah. Taking a step down now, uh, we're down to 7.4% on this next beer. <laughs> yeah, a step down. <laughs> What's well, the matter with us? Quite a step down, yeah. actually. Just to be clear, if we if you average out the ABV over this show and the last one, it's all very sensible. It is very much so. Yeah, um, we are drinking uh, Thornbridge Saint Petersburg, which is their Imperial Russian Stout, which they were kind enough to send to us. They did. Um, yep, these were gifted to us by Thornbridge. Yep. Now um, we had ordered their winter box. Yes. Box each. Yes. And I think we missed the St. Petersburg by about a week, a didn't week we? A week later, they re-released that box, including St. Petersburg. Yeah. And I was devastated because I was like, I need that beer in my life. Um, interestingly, these bottles are the old-style Thornbridge bottles. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, featuring it's Flora. Flora's back. She is indeed. Uh, and it's purely down to the fact that they still had some of these bottles that were in stock and that they wanted to move them through. Um... But yeah, uh, a beer that we haven't actually seen for a while from from no. Bridge, this one. No, but um, very much looking forward to it. I mean, we've both got it in the glasses. Yeah, let's um, let's dive in, shall we? Cheers. It's just a, it's a dry stout. It's simply delicious. There, there, there's there's no other words <laughs> for it. It's got a lovely carbonation to it. I mean, it's got a nice a nice thick head on it. A, it is a dry finish still. I, I, we've, we've had a bit of a rinse yep. since the last beer. We've rinsed the glass, of, you know, washed out the mouth. So it's not really the brute taking over there because these are different glasses as well. But it's, again, a bit like the Marble Stout, a bit like the Magic Art, Magic Rock Dark Arts. It's a stout. I know this sounds a really weird thing to say, but because there are so many adjunct stouts, pastry stouts these days, when you get a well-made stout just a straight up stout yeah it's a fit it's a beauty to behold it really is yeah so so this beer has been around for 15 years now really so it's, well it's first brewed in 2005 so 14 years 15 years next year um and it was originally a style that thornbridge wanted to explore because at that time no one was doing it um and the name actually came from a former resident of the thornbridge hall who traded linens out of Manchester and into Russia using the port of St. Petersburg. Okay, makes sense. And it also ties in with the Imperial Russian. Yeah. I mean, I would say the 7.4%, are we happy with that ABV and the word Imperial? Oh, well, they do the same with Halcyon. True. Halcyon is an Imperial IPA at 7.4. Um, personally, I'd say no. Um, I think... It's at 7.4 for a duty thing. <laughs> um, but I'm happy for them to call it an Imperial Russian Stout as long as it tastes like that. Oh, it does. That. Because it, it does it does taste a lot bigger than its ABV. Yeah. I mean, the actual uh, best before is actually handwritten as well. Mm. I've noticed, at least certainly on the bottles we've got here. Um, I mean, it says 14 November 20. If that beer feels like it could last a bit longer than that, I think it could, even without such yeah. a even without such a hefty ABV. And look at me saying such a hefty ABV just because the other beers we've had have been <laughs> double yeah. figures. Um, so uh, initially a limited run, um, purely brewed for this Christmas to go into to, to various cases. However, there is another brew being done, and there's going to be a lot more of this available in January as as, as well. I'd love to have this on cask. 
I'm yeah, looking at so it now. There's a lot of people enjoying it in, in, on cask in Sheffield at the moment. Well, they can all fuck right and, off there. I have got the greenest of eyes. <laughs> I, I, I really have. Um, but yeah, can you um, imagine that just a little bit of extra body to it? Actually, I think about two weeks ago it was on cask at the Owl House in Chelmsford. No. Yes. I, I almost dropped everything just to, just, go and have, just to go and have a pint of it on oh. cask. I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Loving it out of the bottle, but for me, it just like looks like one of those beers where you just it would just lift it another notch. It, I think it'd give it it'd have a little bit more weight to it, yeah, a bit more body to it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, but again, just because it's just a w- really well made style, really well delivered, loads of nice carbonation actually. I mean, it's not fizzy, but that the head and the lace the heads, are, the head's really holding on, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. So, I mean, you know, basically, the way it's come out of the bottle, then potentially maybe the way we poured it a little bit as well. It almost feels like a sparkler pour at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I mean, yours in particular looks like it's got a really creamy head. Yeah, but loving it, because that whole aroma's been stuck in the head as yeah. well. And it's just... It hasn't got that roastiness, but it's just that... Uh, it's just malty chocolate. We have got it slightly chilled. It's been it's, yeah. it's been out of the fridge for a while, but it is still quite chilled. Yeah, I mean, you've um, got slightly toasty more than more than roasty nose. It's just... Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm wondering if more flavour will come out as, as we work our way through that. Um, as we go through this next depends section. Depends how long it stays in the glass, I suppose. Well, that, that's, that's it, yeah. So so we've got a whole section here, which is um, other beery highlights that, 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 that people um, fed back on the poll that didn't really fit into one of the categories that we were uh, awarding tonight. So uh, first up from Drinking Craft at Hoppy Tweets, went to Sierra Nevada in Chico, bucket list stuff. Um, I can't, everything's gone green again. I admit, I would, bearing in mind that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was one of the, again, right up there with one of those first beers of that ilk. And the fact that you can buy it in supermarkets now just seems a little bit yeah. odd. But to go and drink Sierra Nevada at the source? Well, I think I had them on my fantasy pub crawl, didn't I? Did you? I think I'd see it, Sierra but Nevada Taproom. That, I, I, I can imagine how good that must have felt. Must have been amazing. Because you, in the heat as well. Yeah, but can you imagine the the range of other beers they must have that we just don't know about? Well, well, that, we, that we, we, you'd start with Pale Ale. That's yeah, that's what I'd go for. And then you'd you'd work on from there. It's like when you and went, then you'd probably finish with Pale Ale. Yeah, it's not like when you went to Cigar City. Highlight. Yeah. Straight away. And that's what you're gonna go for, isn't it? Um from F Nord at F Nord two three two three. Drinking all the beer in London, Manchester, Brighton and Bruges during my fiftieth birthday fortnight. What? Fortnight? I thought I was going to say year. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just say that again. Drinking all the beer in London, Manchester, Brighton and Bruges during my 50th birthday fortnight. New beers, new venues and two top-notch festivals. Bloody hell. Well, I'm, I'm going to have a 50th birthday fortnight now. <laughs> I've, I've decided. <laughs> well done. I mean, seriously, well done. Although I am considering I'm, I'm two and a bit years out of my 50th and I'm thinking... Uh, 50 beers for 50 years has got quite a ring. Yeah, but to, to it. Not 50 beers for 50 years in 50 days, though. No, no, but I'm, I'm, so I'm starting to slowly collect beers that I want, might want to drink during oh, my no. 50th year. You love a bit of planning, don't you? I do, yeah. Um, from Steve Russian at Steve Russian, got to be left handed giant brew pub. Um, great example of crowdfunding done right and a superb venue for great beer. 
from Becky Land at Becky Land, uh, a visit to Charmer Brewery on Crete in the summer. Fresh beer made to a German style. Enjoyed the tour and talk and drinking while on holiday. I'm sure I saw someone else mention that when I was during the summer. Well, if anybody's going to Crete, there's a recommendation for yeah. you. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, for a lot of those places, you may not be able to get that either. No. Um, find the beer you want. You know you better find lager. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. Do you want to do... <laughs> no, you, do, you, you do the next one. So, from Beer Nouveau at Beer Nouveau, his other beery highlight, me. <laughs> I was not even surprised when, when when Steve responded with that. Brilliant. I loved that. And, you know, again, had a fantastic night that Friday night. Yeah, there. it was brilliant. Uh, from Richard Swindells at Rich Swin. Definite highlight, being part of the Victoria in Colchester bottle share at the end of each month. Met some top new beer people. In brackets, not rich. Sorry, made that bit up. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even me that said that. Yeah, he told me to say it, Rich, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah I am um, still trying to get to one of their bottle shares. You just need the timing to align, don't you? Yeah, it's the last Saturday of every month. Currently, I'm on schedule to hit the one at, on, on the 29th of February, actually, which would only happen once, not every four years. That's going to be a lot of years before it happens on a Saturday again. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, the guy at work who does the home brewing gave me a few home brews, but also very kindly gave me a couple of gifts as well. And one of the beers is actually, it's best before date, it's the 29th of February, 2024. Oh, okay. So someone's actually thought about that. Yeah. Worked out the leap year again, and then okay, twenty twenty four, then twenty nine. Oh, well, that's quite impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Um, so from Louis Jackson at Louis underscore Jackson, small plates and great beers at Verdant Seafood when we were down in Cornwall. I mean, I've I, I mean Cornwall. I mean, I go down to Devon now because my son's there. I mean, Cornwall's just another few hours along, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm actually wondering whether you're actually going to see your son or whether you're just doing beery stuff in that corner of the country. Of course I'm going to see him. Oh, I can say what I like. He never, he's never going to listen to this. Um, I, I managed to combine the two successfully. Let's put it that way. You, you, you have done so far. Yeah, I have done so far. Yeah. Uh, from Mark Thorpe at Longhead23. A bottle share with two old friends. I don't get to see that often. And a new friend. 12 truly sensational beers. It's what beer is all about. Uh, from Sean O'Reilly at Uncrudia. I don't know if I can pick just one highlight, to be honest. Obviously, meeting both of you in two new pubs in Southwold ranks right up there. The other contenders were chats with Chance, met strangers at De Havman and Café Den Turk on my Belgian beery break in February. Blimey, was your beery break in February, Sean? That feels like a long time ago. It does, because I remember him posting the pictures yeah. and stuff. That does, oh, wow. But and we, it, had, we had both drunk with Sean this year yeah, as well, yeah. separately. In, in both in Southwold. <laughs> and in different pubs in Southwold as yeah, well. Yeah, mine was at the Swan, the, the tap yeah, in the back. Yeah, guess where mine was. Soul Bay? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess. Oh, well, yeah. well done. So from Gregor J at Gregor underscore J underscore, my beery highlights 2019 involved getting rid of untapped, leaving most of the beery Facebook groups and stepping down from being an admin on UK CBF, blimey, after five-ish years, I feel like I can enjoy beer again without any pressure or anxiety. Whatever, whatever works for you, you should always do. Absolutely. Always, always. Always find a way to just enjoy beer. Yeah, and uh, lovely to hear that you're still listening to us and engaging with us, Gregor. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I would, yeah. I would hate to think we were adding to any pressure or anxiety for you. So, uh, like I said, whatever works for you, do it. And that's the same for anyone else. Yeah. And then finally from Mark at Kelfired. 
sitting in Cantillon in, back in July, my girlfriend, a lovely American couple, sat beside us and asked if we'd like to share a few bottles. That led to a great conversation and ultimately they offered to send me a bottle of Scar City's Hun- Hunapa from Tampa, where they live. They went on their way and I didn't hear anything from them for a few months until Diana, the lady we'd been speaking to, emailed me to confirm my address. One week later, this shows up. Um, this being a picture, oh, so which there was a picture, wasn't obviously there? doesn't work on, on an audio podcast, but uh, it's about six bottles, of which three were exclusive Cigar City releases and others were local to Tampa. Um, absolutely blown away. It was sent without any expectation of anything in return. However, I will be sending them back goodies from Belgium and the UK. I know they both love Fufun, so that's definite addition, as well as other saisons and wild, wilds. I would carefully choose from them. Beer people are just great people, and experiences like this prove it. I think that's that's pretty awesome. And I've heard other things. So I know that Cantillon isn't a, a bar you're likely to end up in, unless you were sort of dragged as part of a wider group or something. Um, but I know that when Clayton and myself have been there, and I've been there a few times with Clayton now, I know that we were sitting there once, and there was an American who had asked for a particular, particular vintage or a particular style, 750 milliliter bottle not necessarily the cheapest one yet going and was quite happy sharing it really yeah and I'm pretty certainly may have left and said well, you guys can finish it yeah I was like again no expectation of anything else it was just like there, there's something about I think people feel part of that club you know like uh, mini owners used to honk their horns at each other Volkswagen Beetle owners you almost feel like you're part of something because if you go to the Cantillon bar most people are there because they love Cantillon. Yeah. Because it is a very distinctive kind of beer. And the fact that people then start having these conversations because there isn't that much room in the bar. Tables are quite close to each other. Generally, at some point, someone will go, oh, is this seat taken? Because they need to get the room. You might be two of you sitting at a four-seater. So I, I can sort of picture that sort of thing happening. But, I mean, not to just get that one beer from Cigar City, but to, to, get, to get six bottles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a very a similar experience when we were in Bruges. We went to um, Cafe Rose Red on on the Saturday afternoon, and there were four of us sat in the courtyard, and it was an American couple and Emma and I. And the American couple didn't even blink an eyelid at dropping ninety euros on a on, on a bottle of Three Fontaine. And I, I was sat there drinking um, the the Black Albert Imperial Stout, and there was this moment where eyes locked across the courtyard, and it was like, yeah, there's beer nerdism going on here, and and we just got chatting as as a, as a result of that, and they were like, do you want to try this? And I was like, no, I'm not really into that. <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is all we're here for. We've been to Cantillon, and we've done all we've we've, we've done all of this. We've done all the places you don't like, Steve. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's amazing to see how people from the other side of the Atlantic go nuts for those beers. Definitely, big time. There's like two or three of those breweries which they really absolutely love and adore. And the one year I managed to get tickets for Quintessence, I I felt in the minority. There was really? so few English in that queue compared to our cousins from across the Atlantic. It was really... I mean, I know they're so keen on their beers and they may not all have come across just for that, so they may already have been over in, in Europe they knew where they wanted to go to on that yeah. particular day so I, I can picture that I can picture that easily and if you think about some, some of the prices of some of the those kind of fervent those kind of Belgian-y inspired beers that you can get in the States they're going to be they're not going to be cheap either and 
the export cost, it may still be cheaper to have it when they're over in Europe. Yeah. But also to feel they're having it closer to home as well, closer to where it's been made. So that, I have to admit, I love that story from I, I, from I do, and I think that really sums up, that sums up so much about beer. Doesn't it sums up the best of beer? Yes, Because we live in a very divisive world these days, and, and that has crept into the beer world we, at times. We, we see a lot of rotten stuff on Twitter. Yeah. We, we do, but that, Beer and non-beer world. Yeah. Uh, but then when you read that, you think, oh, that's, that's nice. It gives I you a little bit that. of faith again, doesn't yeah. it? It gives you a bit of a warm feeling, actually. It's like you've yeah. just sat in front of a warm fire. Open, open fire. That's what that's what makes me feel like that. Yeah. Brilliant. A bit like this beer, actually. I could p- picture myself in front of an open fire drinking so, this Formbridge beer. Give me, because um, I'm nearly done with my St. Peter's work. <laughs> Despite the fact that I've been talking quite yeah, yeah. a lot. How have you done that? I, I, I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's been magically evaporating. Um, I am absolutely loving it. I think in, in terms of the beers that we've drunk so far and what we've still got to come... I think we've placed this perfectly in, in the evening. Yes, we have. And, well, probably remains to be seen, but so far, yes, it was a good place to come after the uh, the Pilsner as well. I don't think it would have worked quite so well maybe after the quad, the salted caramel no, quad. No, no. But it's, it is, it's a, I know it says Imperial Rochester, the best thing, if I, if I was going to try and describe it in another way, it is almost like a, a dry Irish stout. It is. It's, it's but in, in terms of, I suppose classical styling it, it is a Russian imperial style yeah. as well. It's, I mean, apart it's, from it's, maybe it's, that little bit more, I don't mean a really thick, viscous body, yeah, but just maybe just a little bit more. But again, like I said, I reckon if that was pulled from the cask in the right way in the right place, I would forget about all of that and I would have a lovely yeah. beer. And it's also, I've, I've, I've just got to point this out because I'm just sitting here looking at them as well. I, I don't think it's any accident that they've gone for white and red and gold because that's very similar to the um, the Courage Imperial yes. Russian style. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think, and it put me in mind a bit straight away yeah. when I saw that. Branding-wise, it looks very, very similar to yeah. that. Yeah, and I have to admit, those Courage Russian Imperial stamp bottles, what, what, I think it was the 2014 and when Sunday Tesco were doing them for a pound. Yeah, I, I missed that. Um, totally. I, well, the, you know, the Tesco, which you probably go, will go to every now and again, but the one in Highwoods, yeah. I wiped the shelf that morning. I, I went in did. there. I thought, I can't let it pass because yeah. I'd had it at the GBBF. I was like, I'll have that. And I would do, if I saw some of these appearing on a supermarket shelf and I was there, I would take a fair whack of these as well. I had to admit. And say, yeah, I would. Easily, yeah. 7.4%. We've stepped down and again, this beer is just such a well-made beer. You could quite happily sink a few of these. Yeah, and we, and we haven't even mentioned either that this recently won um, Champion Bottled Beer of Britain. Yes, they released it's, it's, it. Very good timing. Just in time to win that award. Yeah, it's a bit it, like it uh, when I was walking through, because I went up to London last week, walking through the tube station, you start seeing the big posters for the kind of films that we don't normally talk about. <laughs> but you know... The Oscars are coming yeah, up. Oscar films. They are yeah. Oscar films. Yeah. It's the Oscars. We're coming up where those films are being released in anticipation for all the various awards culminating in the Oscars. 
Formbridge got their timing right with this one. They got it perfectly right, and congratulations to them. Yeah, congratulations for, but for that. It's well deserved. Aside from that, it's just it is a fantastic. It's very beer. well deserved. We, yeah, you've managed to drink another whole load while we've been talking. Well, well, yeah, you were talking. I was, you I were just I, drinking. I was right drinking yeah. yeah. So we've got another beer in the glass now. Well, of course we have. Of course End of we year have. show. <laughs> End of year show. Would you carry on putting beers still in? Still got three more beers to go. We right have, and um, this is one of two that have been kindly sent to us by Porterhouse, and these are beers I didn't know they did. I have to admit. No, these are, uh, are specials, um, and this is this one in particular is very intriguing style-wise. Yes, so this is called uh, the Devil's Half Acre. It's part of their barrel-aged collection, and this is done with Dingle Distillery, limited edition from Porterhouse in Dublin, matured in Dingle Distillery Irish whiskey casks. Aged and matured Imperial Dark IPA. Okay, but on Untapped, it's listed as Cascadian Black IPA. And we, when I poured this, we both commented that it didn't look like that. It, it doesn't. Um, not doing it a disservice, it's kind of poured the colour of, well, I originally said Hobgoblin, but Hobgoblin's darker than that. It's, um, it... it it's brown. Yeah, but now that you read the side of it, aged and matured Imperial Dark IPA feels a bit more appropriate. Yeah. But I imagine there isn't a style No. for that. So someone's put the closest style, haven't they? Well, let's give it a try. Cheers. Okay, I'm not overtly getting the whiskey, I have to admit, on the nose. There's a little bit of sweetness on the nose. Oh, there's definitely sweetness, but... Not, not, not you, Well, put it this way, I think you'd notice the whiskey straight away. Yeah, and what what was, did you say the percentage of this? Oh, I didn't say the percentage of this. Um, oh, it's okay. It's just a mere eleven percent. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Okay, so 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 for, so for fans of slurry endings to our podcasts, you might be on to a winner tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, toffee. At the moment, I'm I'm getting a lot of toffee on this. Toffee caramel, maybe a little bit of burnt toffee at the end there, but a little bit of burnt caramel. Yeah. So this is apparently the fifth in our barrel age release. Deep mahogany in colour. Yep. Full body with beautiful aroma of vanilla, hints of chocolate, toffee, and smoke on the nose. Can't say I'm getting a great deal of smoke myself. I would have picked that up straight away. Uh, This imperial dark IPA. Lives up to its name. Flavors of dark fruits. And I can get uh, there is I'm uh, there is that. a bit of fruity, yeah, fruity note. That. Toasted oak. Okay. Yes. Uh, with cherry notes. I wouldn't specifically be picking out cherry. I have to admit. But I suppose that would, if you're going with the color, the mahogany, the cherry, cherry mahogany kind of thing. I can get that. And a sweet multi finish. There is a bit of a residual sweetness at the end of it. Um, do you know what? I'm not really sure what I was expecting because I think we may have been a bit, a little bit misled by the untapped yeah. description. I feel a lot more comfortable now having read this description, being an Imperial Dark IPA, which, whether it is a style or not, is a better description than, than a Cascadian Black. Yeah, I, I, but I think the tasting notes on the bottle do the drink justice. Yes. What I also but like... I've absolutely nailed that. What I also quite like about the tasting notes is they are tasting notes. Yeah. 
And don't get me wrong, I quite like some of the flowery language that has been used. And there was some on the Mad Hatter one earlier. Uh, it wasn't the Mad Hatter uh, on the Camden. This gave just a really good description of what I've actually got in my glass. Yeah. It absolutely nails it. And do you know what? I am actually re- really rather enjoying it. It's got quite a bit of finish to it as well. Yeah. Which, which I like. Yeah. Which is bringing that IPA-ness through. Now, again, people will know Porterhouse has been, you know, whether it be the one in Covent Garden, perhaps, or Porterhouse in Temple, or even the Porterhouse we went to, which yeah. is a little bit further out, as maybe being very much a place to go to be a tourist. But they've always had quite a good range of beers in all their bars. Yeah. But I had no idea they did this kind of thing. I had no idea they did and this. And this is the fifth no. year. Yeah. Um, now, again, the, the bottles come with this kind of a... Pull ring top ring pull lid, um, which is quite odd, and I, I don't know what it is. I'm always a little bit suspect about how good it is, but it did get quite a satisfying. I was say, do you think it holds the carbonation as well as a standard bottle top does? I don't know, it feels like it doesn't, but there are people who know this stuff better than we do, yeah. So feel free to let us know. But it did give quite a satisfying hiss when I took, took yeah, the and, pull off. And also from what we're tasting in our glasses, the beer's not flat. Oh, it's not flat actually. It's got life. Yeah. Um, I re- this beer feels like if you left it, it would start to be give, remind you of a bar, uh, oh, this, barley wine. This is going to hit barley wine very quickly, this one. It yeah. feel, it, the colour, yeah. the feel of it, that sweetness, that residual sweetness. You feel we're not a million miles away from barley wine territory. Yeah, absolutely. But... I have to admit, I am really quite enjoying it. I suppose the only thing I'm, you may not be missing it, but I wouldn't have minded tasting or sensing a bit more of the whiskey coming through. Okay. That's the only thing. I don't really feel where the whiskey. Yeah. It, I'm sure it's doing something. I'm just not feeling it. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah, but I suppose there's the the, the discussion there in terms of when, when you barrel age something, you're looking for it to become a... a, a a whole of the thing that it's been barrel aged in or just take on yeah. part of it and if if the part that it's taken on is that sweetness that we're getting I'm okay with that because or, I think that works for me it's a bit like one of those ingredients you'll notice it if you took it away while we're enjoying this let's get on to probably our biggest award of the evening which is beer of the year yes so um, before- this is I mean the breweries are just all waiting there you know, like, Absolutely. They're you all waiting. Know. They're yeah. all sitting down for this the Oscars. Is, this, is, this is like the Oscars. They're all preparing to clap politely when the other one wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into our nominations and, and our winners, should I say, no, not that we're doing nominations. <laughs> nominations. And the nominees are... <laughs> yeah, we've got gold envelopes and everything here. You just and can't see them. Folks. Unsurprisingly, no one can be here to take their yeah. award. Um, so uh, we had a few people comment on a few beers yep. that, that they thought were their standouts this year. So... Uh, Matthew Curtis at Total Curtis five points best well he did wax lyrical about this one and the thing he did have at Pembury Tavern yeah. I did have a pint of it not at Pembury Tavern and I have to admit I, it was a fantastic pint okay I did, so I did get to try that one yep. uh, bring on the beer at bring on the beer Crafty Devil's Fairy Tale of Cardiff their Christmas mint chocolate stout definitely didn't have that I've not had that uh, Mark Westlake at Mars Westlake uh, Tint Meadow Revisit nope no, I've, I've not revisited Tint Meadow this year, no. but I plan to in a couple of years' time. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't, it's not. It's not that I didn't enjoy the beer. It's that I've got another bottle. Same here. 
and I'm just I want to see how it goes maybe I'll get a, a bottle from a, a fresh batch and see how that tastes yeah. next year now I saw the next one advertised I have to admit so from Brew Cavern at Brew Cavern Wild Beer Co. Babs Isn't that, this is their chocolate beer isn't it um, I think it was a chocolate no am I getting this mixed up Babs is an abbreviation of it's uh, barrel aged bourbon stout okay possibly probably got chocolate in there somewhere then yeah. so with the follow up of Babs 2 being equally mind bending um, I mean I again when I was at the Vessel Beer Festival down in Plymouth at the end of November they did have a couple of uh, wild beer beers and I did still enjoy them they didn't have Babs on unfortunately but I did enjoy it uh, for Mr. WP at Right Heart Lane, Cloudwater, The Vale, Chubbles. I think Chubbles is a beer that a lot of people go nuts for. It's like a triple IPA okay. that they do once a year. And lastly, Steve Rimmington at Steve Rimmington, Lervig Paragon. That's a barley wine. I've, I've got a bottle of that. Oh, which, yes. Which I'm not sure when I'm drinking it. Uh, maybe it's going to go in your 50 beers for 50 years. It this. might go in my 50 beers for 50 years. This. So that's that's what some of our uh, listeners said. Now, when, when when we were deciding on how we were going to do this, we said, okay, let's let, let's let's be serious about this. So we went for um, cask beer of the year. Yep. Keg beer of the year. Yep. Bottle beer of the year and can beer of the year. Yep. And then our overall beer of the year had to be one of those. One of those four. Yep. So, um, where would you like to start? Well, should we start with cask? Cask is where I would start if I went into the pub. Okay. Let's let's start with cask then. What's your what's your cask beer of the year? I'm going to give you one guess. The Thornbridge Dry Pole. No. Can I guess again? Yeah. Ghost ship. Almost. Oh God! Uh, is it Timmy Taylor's? No. You were you were closer with ghost ship. So it's an Adams beer. It's a ghost ship beer. Oh, oh, your your wedding beer. How could it not be? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll let you have it. Uh, but... Come on. So we drove up to Southport on the Thursday before my wedding. Ed was there. He rolls out a barrel. A one barrel of an amped up version of my favourite beer, Go Ship, 6.7%, which we were able to brand Go Ship the Wedding Special and serve exclusively at my, my wedding to Michelle. How could that not be my cast beer? I, I can't believe I didn't get that, actually. And also, I mean, well, it was a one off, but also, I did. I genuinely loved it on that Saturday. It was, it was a very good beer. It was a very good beer. I did ask them to serve it only in half because it was 6%, 6.7%. And it was a very drinkable 6.7% yeah. as well because it had all the ghost ship characteristics but with another 2% and a bit ABV on it. But yeah. let's be honest, I'm never going to get a beer made for me exclusively like that again. No, absolutely not. So it's, it's, it's got to be your cast beer. It's yeah. cast beer, yeah, because also we got to drive to Southwold, we got the beer and then we sat down and had some chips. Yeah. <laughs> and it was quite a sunny day while we were having it. It's all for the win. Yeah. Yeah. Yours. Um... This might not come as much of a surprise, uh, based on how much I've waxed lyric already. Pint this evening. <laughs> Marble pint. It was just I've, reaffirmed a I, week and a half ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, when we went to Manchester uh, at the beginning of the year, well, not the beginning of the year, early on in the year, um, and then had it again 
in Bakewell when I should have been at Peak Ender but was in the joiner's arms and they we were leaving and they put marble pint on and I was like em, we can't we leave can't leave I have to drink that um, had it in the Vic uh, which created the whole Sparkler. pint gate thing not serving it through a sparkler and then had it at the Crimbo Crawl first first beer of the day was always going to be pint for yep. a sparkler there was a lot of people had the and same beer every beer was incredible the, every beer that we had on the Quimbo Crawl was incredible. None would match up to that first pint of the day. So, 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 so for me, it's marble pint, absolutely. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I mean, I guess as you were starting to say, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I get that. Okay. So next category would be, if we are in the pub, we would then look at the keg. We would selection. look at the keg. What would be your... Okay, so, so this was interesting. Again, I did some number crunching on Untapped. I'm not going to go into all the detail that I did, but... Um, took away all those keg beers that I've drunk over and over and over again and, and and I was left with a list of about seven or eight beers that I had rated as a five this year that were keg serve as, as well and then I looked at them and the, the, the next thing I looked at was what was the environment in which I drank them okay in. so have you got some runners and riders for us no I'm just going straight You're gonna in, go straight with a winner straight in with a winner um, this was a beer that we enjoyed uh, probably far too early in the day um, on a Friday in Dublin and it was uh, Pointy Shoes by Wicklow Wolf, Wolf. Wolf uh, which was a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout at 13 odd percent and did you like the large serve pour I ordered I did like the third of a litre that yeah. I got of, of, of that beer so for there. anyone who hasn't recalled what I did yeah been the, 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 the holder of the kitty, I tend to do the ordering. So I've automatically seen the ABV, and that's going to be the last beer in the, in Alfie Burns. We all agreed, yeah, we should definitely only have a third. There's a long day ahead. Very sensible. Let's just have a third. I ordered a third, but obviously over here in the UK, we order a third of a pint. Yeah. Over there, it was a third of something a lot bigger, a litre, which... You know, which means a third of a pint is almost a bottle size. Mm-hmm. Third of a litre is like, ah. Oh. Because then said, That's, I ordered a third. He said, yeah. And we had these really large thirds. I mean, to be fair, the price didn't seem that bad. But, and it was really, really, really very nice. Yeah. But at about three o'clock on the Friday afternoon, we probably didn't need a third of a litre of it. No. As but, good as it was though. But, but for me, when I looked at the other beers that were left, um, because obviously I took things like, Cannonball and Jaipur and all the kernels. I, t- I took them out of this because yeah. I was like, they're, they're beers that I get again and again and again and I wanted my beer of the year to be something special. Um, when I looked at everything that was left, it was like, well, the only thing can be a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. <laughs> on a Friday afternoon. On, on a Friday afternoon. That, that, that's, that's my kick beer of the year. No, I think it's a great, it was a fantastic beer. Yeah. It was a fantastic beer. Um, I, um, again, I didn't do as much science, but I did use Untapped for this bit. For my beers of the year, Untapped I did use, because there's a bit you can do where you go to beers and it will start off by listing your highest rated beers and then you can do it by date, so you can narrow it down to the year. So my actual keg beer comes from potentially an infamous infamous night that we shared with Riverman Brews back in January. But was I still there? At this point. Well, this was before the pod call officially started. Oh, okay. So this is potentially where the wheel was loosened for you. Okay. Um, you didn't have this beer, I don't think, but I did. Uh, so this is when we in the Craft Beer Co. where we were all meeting up. 
before the pod crawl started, but you got there a little bit earlier. Very early. Having been to Goose Island to secure our reserved spaces yeah. earlier. Um, so this is from the brewery, which I know we've, I especially have waxed lyrical a couple of times because it's turned up a bottle share. However, the type of beer may surprise a few people, and it surprised me when I look back on my stats. It's a pumpkin beer. Really? Yes. So, Keg Tell No Tales, a 12.5% beer from the brewery, which is described as a pumpkin slash yam. I'm assuming they're roughly the same thing anyway. At Craft Beer Co. on the 31st of January, pre-pod crawl with R&B, was my highest ranked keg beer for, for 2019. Wow. Back in the 31st of January. So we both went really sensible on our keg beer choices. Yeah, 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 of course. 12, well, actually, I think you, you said your, it was about 13. It, I'm sure the Wicklow Wolf was 13. It was in and around the same set. Yeah. So yeah, our keg beer was one of us, 13%, and one of us, 12.5%. Brilliant. Love that. Absolutely love but that. I was really surprised when that came up. Yeah. Despite the fact that, I, but I also, I would have done the same thing. I probably took Colonel Adams and Thornbridge out of my running anyway. Yeah, because let, let, let's be honest, I mean, as, as much as I love those beers and and, and, and that they're go-to beers for me and I love them, I'm I'm not, I, I don't want to be every year sitting here at our end of year review and saying, oh, well, Cannonball was the best keg beer I've drunk this year. Because everyone will be like, oh, but then, shock. You know, uh, again, referencing Beers Without Frontiers, Charles said the same thing when they jokingly talked about the artwork for Colonel. And Charles just went, well, let's face it, Colonel win anything anyway. We need to talk about someone else. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it would be that for your favourite brew. If you just said Marvel every time, if you just said Cannonball every time, if I said Ghost Ship every time, you know, no. It, no, it gets boring. Yeah, so yeah. You, you need to sort of remove those a bit. So I have gone for those beers, which I may only have had once, but also we were in the we were in the pub there. We, You know, there was you, me, Pete McCary as well. I think uh, Andrew had turned up by that point. Mm-hmm. And it was the last beer before we went off to actually start the pod crawl properly. I think only, again, craft beer co, you can have a third, can't you? Yeah. So yeah, pumpkin beer. I'm like, fuck. There'll be so many people surprised. I know, yeah. I know. And I spent so many years going, pumpkin shouldn't be allowed anywhere near yeah. beer. And what have I gone for? A pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beer. Nuts. So what about canned beer of the year? I, st- I, I didn't start a struggle with that. But again, you take out all those obvious cans. I actually did go for a beer in can that I'd had once before on draft. Again, quite a, this one was quite a recent one. Kinnegar Black Bucket Black IPA. You know the black yes. rye? Yeah, I think yeah. it was the rye black IPA. I bought one of those home from Dublin as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the time, I bought it because Mark had waxed lyrical about it and Mark was with us in the shop. And this was like from the front, just looks like a news agent. And then this has this amazing array of craft beers, craft in beer fridge, all in fridges as well. Yeah, yeah. Every beer is in a fridge. It's brilliant. And um, I was just browsing, and they had a four for twelve euros or yeah. something. And I'm, I was struggling for just that last one I wanted to get. And Mark said about the the Kinnegar, and I thought, oh, actually, you did a you did an Instagram post about it. Completely forgetting that you and I had both had it at Brewdog in Manchester the year before. And had loved it then yeah. as well. So get the can, had the can at home, loved it. And then when you go to do the check-in, it's like, oh, there's a green tick beside this. Oh, I must say how disappointing. Yeah, how disappointing. However, my thoughts about it from can were exactly the same as I had from yeah, mine were. as well. Mine were as well. When I drank that from the can, I was like, again, went through that exact same process, looked at it and tapped half drunk it before. What did I think before? Oh yeah, it's exactly what I think now. Yeah. 
How, I, how good is that for, exactly. for a beer? Yeah. So it's actually quite nice that you had that record from a, a year and a half ago because I think that time in Manchester yeah. was uh, early summer 2018 versus winter 2019. Different dispense method, different environment you have in it. So different feel. The beer's still great. And the beer was still great. Yeah. And that was a fantastic beer. And, you know, I think we've had a few beers from Kindergarten before, which we, we've really enjoyed. Yeah. That was definitely my can of the year. Um, mine might not come as a surprise. And it's not Rheinbacher. Okay, I, I was almost... <laughs> I, was, I was poised to say Rheinbacker. Um, I'm going to go straight in with this. My can of... My can beer of the year is Thornbridge Jaipal. Because for me, the cans have been an absolute game, cha- game changer. The availability, the, the, the four pack, the two for nine quid in Tesco's. I have drunk more Jaipur this year than ever before. So what is your, was that your most checked in beer after Rhine? If we take Rhine out. It, it was Jaipur. Jaipur was my next most checked in Because I know my most checked in brewery, I think this year was Formbridge. Bearing in mind that I don't actually see Formbridge on tap that often. That's got to be yeah. the availability in supermarkets. No, no, no. Mine was definitely um, take take Rheinbacker out of it, and and it was definitely Jaipur. Well, well, to be fair, it, I love the fact that I can go to a Tesco and buy a four pack, and even better still, if they have got the two for nine. It's, just, it's just so easy, and it, it just tastes so good. Yeah, I, 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 I can't. That, that's how I justify you, that being my candy if you beer decide, of the year. if you decide that you don't want, say, eight Jaipur, okay, may, may fail to what, understand. Why, why would you, why? Exactly, but what? say you wanted a four pack of one of the other ones. Yeah. Say Green Mountain. Yeah, you can you can mix it. You yeah. can do that. Suddenly you've got eight, eight cans, four of each, very different type of beer. One and a half percent ABV difference as well or something like that. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, it's so easy. I it's, mean, why it's wouldn't very you? easy. Actually, yeah. I wasn't expecting you to go for something, bearing in mind your other stats you'd done and what you'd taken away. I didn't think you'd go for something which you've had so often. No, but I think on this one it was necessary because I think sometimes you've got to go for beers that you just want to enjoy again and again and again. And again, it's that whole thing of, it's that kernel thing. I, 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 if, you, if, if you go by the stats... Every award should have gone to Audi Rheinbacher. <laughs> it absolutely should have done. But you have to step back occasionally and go, okay, so what What have I gone to time and time again? And I think the fact that you can be anywhere in the UK and go to a Tesco and again. pick up a four-pack of Jaipur and you know exactly what it's going to taste like. And I, 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 I know it's the same beer, but I just think from the cans, it just tastes so much better from the bottles. I, d- I don't know what it is, I don't know, I do, I do. but can Jaipur is better than bottled Jaipur. I, I, I would honestly agree with that. And bearing in mind, even just last year, Rob Lovett's still reluctance to move into the canning world compared to, I know that you've spoken about it a bit more this year, but they're so happy with how that's coming out. I do believe it. Yeah. The Jaipur on the bottle is still good. The Jaipur on the cans, I have to admit, I haven't had a bad one yet. No, I haven't I... had an off one. I haven't had a dodgy one. I haven't had a flat one. I haven't had anything which has made me think, oh, what have you done to my beer? Brilliant. Yeah. Like I say, you get eight for nine quid. And that's like, what, one pound 15 or something like that. I mean, yeah. Seriously, that's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Right, before we get on to the other categories, we have both uh, finished the Devil's Half Acre with the collaboration from the uh, with Dingle Distillery, the Dark Imperial IPA. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was um, sweet. Just all this flavours going on. Yeah, a bit like uh, different flavours, but not dissimilar to all that stuff going on with the Camden Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. Loads of, loads, so many levels loads of, of things going on. Yeah, a lot of sweetness in there, but it balances out across the beer yeah and again it doesn't kill at the ending no so all that sweetness is leveled out by the time you get to the end where you go I'll have another sip now yeah absolutely I mean it is a sip of beer at the percentage it's at so I'm going to crack open the second beer that Porterhouse sent us okay so so again part of their Barrel Age series so Barrel Age collaboration this is called the celebration stout and again this is done with dingle uh but they thought why doing 11 percent when you can do a 12 percent uh so this is the fourth barrel age release of this version and this is uh an imperial irish stout brilliant barrel aged imperial irish stout pretty certain i haven't had a barrel aged imperial irish stout before i don't i know so. we've had some big irish stouts having gone to guinness a couple of times See, despite our preconceptions about those bottle caps that did have a good fizz on it it had a satisfying as, 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 little yeah. hiss didn't it let's see how it see how it pours okay pretty dark very dark so All again that. this beer sent to us by Port House, Port House. I mean, which we're really grateful for well especially you know especially with these ones because I mean I'm again when they said that these had come out I'd, I had no idea they did this I had no idea no none whatsoever it does just go to show that although you might get used to a brewery for a certain kind of thing, so Camden, Hills, Pale Ale, yeah. mass produced. There's still little things going on in the background every now and again, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's, let's give this one a try. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's that's got a big barrel aged nose. That does have a barrel. It's got that. To it. It has, it has you, biscuity, vanilla, yeah. toffee, sweetness. That's smooth as well. That is smooth. I was I was thinking about reading the label, but it's really small writing. I probably should have thought about that. Okay, so we've got one more category of beer of the year to go, which is bottled beer of the year. Yep. Um, I'm going to jump in here. And any, say, any runners and riders or straight into winner? I'm going to go for a, a runner and rider. Ooh, gone. So uh, it took me a long time to decide on my winner for this because there were two in contention. Okay. Uh, one of them was, again, a time and a place beer. And it was a beer that was very much recommended to me. Um, I was in Bruges. I was going to say, it's in, when you're in Bruges, isn't it? Yeah, and it's uh, the Avec Les Bonveaux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was absolutely incredible in the time and the place. And I bought a couple of bottles of it home, and we're going to be enjoying those bottles this Christmas. I think we're going to do one on Christmas Day, one on New Year's Eve. Proper celebration beers. But it didn't really do it for me in terms of beer of the year. When, when I looked back over the beers and the experiences and things we'd done, I actually remembered a single beer where I drank it and said, that's a beer of the year contender. And it was a beer that we did on the show. And it was a beer that was sent to us by a listener as, as well. So um, way back on on show a show in the past summer, 
Uh, one of our listeners, Will Watkins, at Joy Your Beers, sent us a number of beers sent that we five beers? Had, had before. And within that batch of beers, there was a Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA. That's my bottled beer of the year because I mean, it was absolutely stunning. It was absolutely superb. So I did, I, on this one, again, I did use Untapped uh, to look at my bottled beer of the year. Um, I'm not going to go for any runners and riders. I wrote on Untapped for this one, OMG, and that emoji which has the hands on the face. Bloody brilliant, possibly my beer of the year. Hashtag opinions, hashtag recording beer. Dogfish Heads, 120 minute IPA. So thank you, Will Watkins, for sending it through yes. to us. I, I, I love it when we both choose the same beer. It was <laughs> stunning. And this is back in July the 10th, 2019. Yeah, it was so like nothing I've ever tasted before. It was fantastic. It was incredible. 18, what was it, 18%? Yeah. So I'm expecting maybe it's going to be barley wine-ish or something like that. No, no, no. No, it was dry, bitter, everything you it, want from an IPA. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Will had taken a bit of time to choose not five beers that neither of us had had. So he had to, he looked at beers, not just one of us, or taking a random chance. But yeah, when I looked back and it like when I was going through this it didn't take long I saw that yeah that's the one yeah because also that 18% didn't, didn't taste <laughs> no and that was a Monday night recording yeah and they're actually all quite big beers they're all big beers but I mean the 18% obviously and the 18% to be fair it's topped anything we're having tonight yeah by a long chalk easily so, you know that definitely so yeah snap so I'm going to go cheers on that one yeah cheers, cheers on that one so we've got our um, four Category winners. I suppose that is the four nominees. Yeah, so from, from those nominees, we now have to choose a beer of the year. Yeah. Or, we, well, we each individually choose. Yeah. It's not like we have to come to a consensus on Oh, this. no, there's no consensus, because I no. know exactly what I'm going for. Okay. Um, I'm just going to let you choose it. I'm not going to try and predict it. Okay. You, 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 you tell us your beer of the year, mate. Go shit the wedding special. Again, I, I, I think you would have struggled not to have chosen anything else. No, it was... It was a beer that was brewed specially for the occasion by a lovely bloke who, you know, I consider a friend, Ed was at Adams at the time. He didn't brew it with any, he didn't do it for any expectation of anything back or anything like that. Yeah. He just said, when we, uh, actually it was the same day I met up with um, Sean and he said, would you like me to try, because he'd done an amped up version of Ghost Ship before and he said, would you like me to do that again for your wedding? And obviously... I stopped drinking. Bearing in mind, I was in a, an advert. I was, you know, I was like, yes. And then wondered if it was just whether it would happen. It happened. We picked it up and tasted great. Wedding day. There's so many reasons why it can only be Adam's Ghost Ship, 6.7%, the wedding special. And I can't, to you. I, I, can't, I can't not disagree with that. <laughs> I, I, I really can't. Um, so, so for me, from those four, it actually came down to two. So um, I'm going to say it's going to be between Doghead, Fish and one other. Yes. Um, and what I ultimately came down to was a specific time and place of, of, of drinking that beer. Okay, so it's not Dogfish Head then? No. And, and I've already mentioned it. It was, it, was, it was that moment where 
I was in the joiner's arms in Bakewell. We, we were just about to leave. Marble pint went on and I was like, I, I can't leave. Poured a beer, oh, got a pint of it, sat down and just enjoyed the environment and the beer. And, and, and for me, it was, it was everything that's great about beer in that single moment. And I then encompass other things around that in terms of when we went to Marble earlier on in the year, yes, I had it at the Vic. So, so I had it locally in Colchester without a sparkler. Breathe, breathe. Come on, we okay. spoke about this, yeah, breathe. Yeah, and then we had it on the Cranberry Crawl, first beer of the day. For, for, for me, this year, Marble Pint is my beer of the year. I, I, I cannot... I cannot choose anything over. So that. you're so both our beers of the year are cask. Our cask beers. My my beer of the year is a three point eight percent cask beer. That's brilliant. But but I just think sometimes it doesn't have to be that one off special amazing fun. Of it, it doesn't have to be a whale. It, it has to be that beer that you want to drink time and time again. When when we announced the Crimbo Core in Manchester. I always knew my first beer on the Saturday. Oh, we, we both knew what would, the first would be marble pint. Yeah. And to be honest, as much as I enjoyed some other beers there, if they'd said, "Sorry, everything else is off, it's broken," I would have sat there for an hour and a half, two hours drinking pint. All you can drink is marble pint. Oh, oh damn! Shame, <laughs> shame. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's. Isn't that great? Because if if you think if you think back to last year. Our beer of the year was Beaver Town Heavy, Heavy Lord, Lord, 14%. Which was a very limited edition beer yeah. that, that we both went for. But this year we've gone for something at the other, completely at the other end of the spectrum. Definitely the other end of the spectrum. And it's, but it is good and you are right. It is definitely, well, same reason my beer. So not only was it an yeah. anti version of my favourite beer, but if you take that whole 12-hour day or even the build-up to your 12-hour day of your wedding, then it's, it's the whole thing. I had, I had everyone there that I wanted to be there. You're, it's your day, and you've got this beer, which someone has produced for you, of a version of your favourite beers. Like, how many other boxes can you tick? I mean, you're never, you're never going to get better yeah. than that. Where, where, is the, where is the button which says I can go over five? On yeah. untapped. It's, it's one of those moments. Yeah. So I get that completely. And also... Because the year before, the joiner's arms didn't exist in Bakewell, the year of, uh, the first year we went to Peak yeah. Ender. But it was assigned, it had been bought, that was going to be there. So I can picture how it was going to look, and I can imagine, it'd be like me, if, if I was about to walk out and suddenly they were about to pour a pint of go, we're going, nope, yeah. we're not going. And those but people... That, that's exactly what I did, I was like, no, I can't go. <laughs> I, I need to drink that. Yeah. I have to have that yeah. now. Because they put it on, yeah, and this is a lovely place, and we are still only five minutes walk away. Yeah. I, I think part of this also maybe indicates a little bit of our beer journey in the last year as well. Do you think it's changed a little bit? I, I think it is. It's, I, I think we've changed more from those those big FOMO wow beers to actually just give me something that's really well brewed, tastes great, and that I want to drink pint. And pint, literally, and pint and pint and pint and pint of. Can I drink metric and metric and metric of yeah, this again? All, all day long. Yeah. All no, it's, it's it's a. It, I think it's actually two very good shouts there. Nice, we had a uh, a snap. 
Yeah, I think we were always going to agree on on, on that. Beer. When, I, when that one came up, I, I did wonder. I think I wonder if Steve's going to have this one as well. Yeah. It, but yeah, and I'll say it again. Thank you very much, Will, for sending that one through. It was incredible. Can uh, you send the, the rest of the case through as well now, please? Yes, yes yeah, we'll take it off. <laughs> um, as always, if um, this conversation just keeps on going, and if you want to carry on getting involved, use the hashtag, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, Paul at UNRCD absolutely loved the start of the previous show. Would love to have seen Martin's face as he tucked into the Saison. I've listened back to this bit a couple of times because uh, obviously Michelle had read a few of the bits on Twitter about it, but she hadn't actually listened to it, so I did play it back and I was like, I was really quick to go, oh my God, I don't like that. You was, yeah. Um, um, I was, I'm, I'm still right. I was. I, I, I really could not have drunk any more. Well, Carl at Marshall R. Carl, I really enjoyed Martin's reaction <laughs> to the first beer. Paulie G at Can I Get a P, I'm broadly in agreement with the beers, though drinking them outside of food may have let down the saison. Cut it, I couldn't be at the cruel, but we'll try for the summer. Also, the fact that I got whammageddon and has just made me furious. And he's not alone in this, he's Steve, not alone, is he? Is now, he? Just to be clear, as I've said many times, Steve does the edit. So the, uh, the outro is Steve. So if you did get Whamageddon, I do apologise. <laughs> Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor, 1608. Great show. But that end song, hashtag Whamageddon, tut tut. Uh, Iron Marble was brewed with Iron Pier Brewery at the Marble Arch and was the highlight of the weekend. Good to meet so many beery people on Crimbo Crawl 19. And here's the Summer Chef 20 and all future shows and Merry Christmas opinions. Thank you very much, Rich. I'm glad you could make it this year as well. I have to admit that Iron Marble was excellent. I loved the Iron Marble. Because that was the keg beer that they'd done as a collaboration yeah. with Iron Pier. Yeah. And it was actually really fantastic. Again, you went on and on, it was like, yeah, I could stick on that quite happily. Yeah. Uh, from Gregor at Gregor underscore J underscore. Beer O'Clock Show was doing so well until I listened to your most recent podcast. Whamageddon, Whamageddon in 2019. You've upset a few people here, I, Steve. I, I did upset a few people here. Um, from Mark N. Johnson, uh, nice to listen to this summary of the cruel and good beers to listen to, especially Martin's reaction. I'm not one of those for post-get-together tweets where I at everybody but met, but I want to say that I had a fantastic couple of days last weekend, caught up with some great people and met some great people for the first time and the MBB gang. You guys make it happen, so cheers to you. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. We're very appreciative. Thank you very much, Mark. Although you did try to sneak out rather than saying goodbye. Well, no, he did sneak out without saying goodbye. He didn't try to sneak right. out, he just left. People sort of saw him and then he just carried on he going didn't anyway. didn't even say goodbye. Um, but I'm, glad, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Bradley Clark at Bradley Clark 4. Thanks for mentioning on podcast the wallet was found when nothing taken. Oh, well done. I'm impressed so, with that. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. Uh, Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia. Re Summer Sesh 20. You could call it Brum and save yourself a whole load of pronunciation hassle. No. Birmingham. Birmingham. No, we, Birmingham. We, we, we're we going to go Summer Sesh, Birmingham. We can do this. We Birmingham. can do it. In, Birmingham. In, in. And from Pub Chef at Pub Chef Passion, the Beer O'Clock Show took to Twitter to find out the general opinion of whether pubs should be used as polling stations. As it was the general election 2019, we take a look at the results and explore explore whether most people agreed. So, um, so, so they wrote a blog based on our poll. Yeah. 
about whether to do polling stations in yeah. pubs, which, so, which is which is amazing. And, and thank you so much, we'll, guys. We'll, we'll have the link in the show notes yeah, as well. It, it will be in the show notes, yes. So no, very impressed with that. So um, I've finished you my have done that, yeah, you celebration have. stout. I'm just going to say, so far, it's been a good beery night. It's, the, the beers we've drunk have been incredible this evening. Um, that one in particular was exactly what I wanted at this point in the night. It's the not more, too thick. No, but it started, it's full of flavour. It starts to warm up a little bit. Yeah. And I am now starting to get that background whiskey. Really subtle. I've got none of that. Really subtle in the background. I don't think it's... Um, Again, I might be wrong. I don't think Dingle is a peaty whiskey. So you're not getting so much of that overtly, overt flavours and aroma coming up. I'm starting to get a little bit of it. But yeah, it's great. I have to admit, I'm really impressed with both those beers. I am. I so, am. They've been really tasty. Again, thank you very much, Paul Sands, to send them through. As tradition dictates, we're now drinking a Fuller's beer. We are. But... Not a vintage ale, Steve. Not a vintage ale. And there's a reason for that, which we'll come to right at the end of the show. What are we drinking instead, though? So, we have the Fuller's Imperial IPA, which came out a couple of years ago, didn't it? Yeah. Which originally, I think, was only for the US market to start off with. So, this is a Imperial IPA limited edition. Uh, completely sessionable, 10.5%, obviously. And it's in a box, so it, it must be limited. Yeah, it's in a box. It, it's the traditional kind of box they use for their vintage ales, yeah. the uh, Imperial Stout. So this is an Imperial IPA that is brewed with a high proportion of crystal malt. And they've gone with Goldings and Fuggles to add to the copper colour. Would you okay. agree with the copper colour? I would absolutely agree with it. In, in fact, I wouldn't... Once that's a million miles away from the the look of the first beer that we had this evening. No, true. Uh, they're expecting delivering a piney, earthy aroma, distinct edge of bitterness. Uh, they've also added a hint of black pepper, giving the beer a unique spicy twist. Also, bottle conditions as well. And uh, this is so. This is from the twenty seventeen, I think. And it's uh, best before is twenty twenty seven. Twenty twenty seven. So a few years to go on this yet, then? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I mean, it smells... Do you think it's still got a bit of a bit of an IPA nose? A hint of it. Do you reckon it's got almost like what we used to call that class as a, like a warehouse-aged yeah. IPA? And to be fair, uh, judging by the look of it and the way it poured, I was expecting it to be more full-on barley wine, but it's not quite there yet. It's not. It's, it's still old IPA at the moment. Yeah. But I mean, in a good way. It's in not a, like in a good way, it's yeah. not like uh, it's been left in the sunlight, yeah, or anything like that. No, it's just a, a, an IPA that maybe wasn't designed for drinking fresh. No, um, as as they originally were, they were they, they, they were meant never, to travel. They were um, never designed to be you know, fresh. We've got a five hundred milliliter bottle. We've got still a little bit to get through. Yeah, we've got one of the big awards still to come. Probably the biggest award, the hotly anticipated award. Absolutely, yeah. So. Number one fan. This is this is the big one, isn't it? Yeah. This is this is the one that everybody that listens to the podcast so wants to, to be in the running for. Shall we share? Let's do the. Shall we do the nominees? Shall I? Do, shall I do the nominees? Read read the nominees. Okay, the nominees in no particular order. Paul at UNRCD, Rich at Rich Taylor six in 
Miles at Miles Lambert, the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady, Adam at Maybe Not a Fad, Mr. WP at Right Hard Lane, Sean at Uncrulio. You are the chosen few. That is a distinguished list. Yes, you are in good company there. Isn't it? I mean, it's um, you want to be on that list. Now, now, obviously, Steve, I hope you've got the right envelope, not like the cock-up at the Oscars a couple of years ago. I do have the right envelope okay. because okay. We, we, we have agreed on our winner. We have. A bit beforehand. And, and I think the only way to introduce our winner is with a particular tweet that was made. Um, so it reads as... My family claim I spend most of my time listening to the Beer O'Clock Show podcasts. To be fair, I've listened to the whole 2012 to 2017 twice through already. By the time I finish my number one fan research project, I will probably have listened to 2017 now three times. And that's from Sean at Uncrulier. So I think it's without further hesitation that we hand the... Is it a yellow jersey? Uh, the yellow jersey, yeah. Ye- ye- yellow yeah. jersey um, of the official number one fan of the Beer O'Clock Show Opinions Podcast to Sean at Uncrulier. Well done, Sean. Sir. Well listen well listen to uh, Steve and Mark repeated times, then to listen to Steve and me repeated times. That award is well deserved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once, well is, once is enough. <laughs> but believe me, having to live through this <laughs> and then having to edit it is enough for me. Yeah. So I, I don't you, ever want to listen a third time. Apparently, Sean does it out of choice. <laughs> yeah, he does it because he loves it. But no, well, well done, Sean. You are the official uh, number one fan of uh, the the podcast, as well as the official number cruncher, statistician. Whatever it is we feel that particular title brings with it. I'm sure they would add something else to it during the year. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, and we also have just the one question this week as well. That's good though. It is good because I'm not sure we're going to be able to answer anything <laughs> at this stage. This is from Dr. Goggles at Burn Angel. Great show as usual. You, you, <laughs> great, it's a great, great show as usual. Thinking about the comment from Joseph, question mark, about political posts from breweries, gave me an idea for her opinions. Question, should breweries get involved in politics? My answer would be, it's up to them. It's a business decision. If a political stance were to put off customers, that's their risk. I know people who boycott spoons because of their bre- Brexit stance, but that's Tim's, Tim's Martin's choice to make. <laughs> Do you actually... Do you actually know what a question is that I just read out? No. On? Fortunately, I can I can actually see it on the paper. I've got no idea if anybody, anyone listening has any <laughs> idea what we're talking about. Basically, should breweries get involved in politics? I'm the same as him. If they want to, fine. I'll do what I do with anything else I don't like, and I'll ignore it or mute it. Simple. Like a TV programme, turn over. I think I'm the same, actually. It's um, I'd, I'd rather a, a brewery account be tweeting stuff or promoting stuff about their brewery rather than their views um, but at the end of the day it's the owner of said brewery's choice to do so yeah and they're perfectly at liberty to share whatever they want yes I can choose whether to read it like it agree with it whatever and if it go, if it's something which I think oh this is going on too long or I don't want to pay attention mute it 
It's got, I've got no problem with that at all. Yeah. Now, it's not for everyone because I have, you know, again, the last four or five weeks has been a divisive time for a lot of people. I can quite understand where you might say, yes, please do tweet or no, get out of here. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to scroll past, isn't it? Yeah. Don't take long. But good question, though. Very, um, a very timely question. Absolutely. Very and, timely um, question. And again, any questions, please do get involved. Hashtag opinions, question, and you will we'll give it a go at answering it, and Steve will give it a go at asking it. Yeah, if, if, if I'm still <laughs> able to read after the amount of beers amount we've of beers. this evening. So I think all we've got left to do is to talk about what's coming next, which we've kind of teased that a little bit. Yeah, we haven't quite gone into detail. It's probably time to share well, everything what's coming in January. This is the last beer... It is. And last show of the decade for opinions. So it is appropriate for us to share what's coming up. January, we've only we've got two shows. We have because January is normally our month off. Yeah. Um, but for a whole host of... Uh, for a whole host of reasons, <laughs> we have a bonus show which replaces what we originally would have planned with Chris. Yes, when it all went wrong. All went wrong just because... People were enjoying themselves loudly near where we were sitting. Yeah. Um, so we are going to do a bit of a triannual pub crawl with uh, with Chris. We're going to go to a few pubs. Going to end up at the tank bar. He's going to take us on a bit of a journey, effectively. It's it's essentially the journey of Howling Hops, yeah. isn't it? So Via the pubs from where they started in Southampton Arms to the Cock Tavern in Hackney to the Tank Bar. Yeah. Um, we're going to record a little bit in each one on a Monday afternoon on a Monday afternoon why, why, what? For, on the first Monday afternoon in January well basically the end of Christmas yeah so no one's going to be out hopefully it should just be us oh, should be lovely and, and we'll get some great content Steve there'll be no people you'll be fine That's I love it I love it already so that's what and to be fair we are this all came about at the end of the show when we had to abandon the recording we had the chat and suddenly this morphed into an idea an idea we went yeah, well, that sounds really good. We can do this. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. That's actually. what we're going for. Half days booked off. But not only that, we have our 100th opinions episode. We do. And that is the reason why we didn't do a Fuller's Vintage yeah. tonight. Because for hashtag opinions 100, we are doing a vertical. Yeah, I think horizontal. vertical. Uh, it might be horizontal by the end of it. Tasting <laughs> of uh, Fuller's Vintage Owls from every year that the podcast has been going. Yeah, so... so starting in 2012. Exactly. So not just the opinions from when Stephen Mark first started in 2012, every iteration of the Fuller's Vintage Owl we're going to do on a Saturday afternoon. On a Saturday afternoon. And we're recording that at the Victorian in Colchester. Yeah. So we're going to be joined by Rich Taylor. Who's, who's going to be involved in that for us. We're going to work our way for those beers. And at the same time, we're going to be looking back over the 100 episodes of Opinions. Rich is going to be doing a bit of a quiz. I think he's going to be getting in touch with a few listeners in, in terms of this asking be really embarrassing, though. Um, we're going to be doing a few statistics in terms of what have been the most... Um, engaged polls that we've engaged had. polls most listened to shows most downloaded yeah. shows there'll be we'll, we'll try and throw as much as we can in but effectively you're going to listen to us drinking 
seven or eight vintage ales. Eight. Eight vintage, vintage ales on a Saturday afternoon. Getting increasingly. If, 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 you think, if you think now is slurry. Yeah, wait till then. Yeah, wait wait till then. But we are looking forward to it. And also, it is a, bit, it is a milestone. It is. It's, it's a massive milestone. And then after that, we'll come back in February. Opinions 101. We've already got a few things and, planned for and, that. And then our, our next run of shows are planned. Yeah, so. and uh, we'll share a bit more of that in the new year. We don't yeah. want to give too much away at the moment. Yeah. But... I am looking forward to both those January shows. I have to admit. I think I think they're both going to be great. They're both going to be very different yep. from from other things we've done. Um, but ultimately, what it what it comes down to, and particularly her opinions one hundred, is listener engagement. And you, you know what we're looking for on on that one hundred show is what beer are you going to drink to share that show with us? Yeah, doesn't have to be a vintage ale. That's what we've chosen to do. But if you've got something you want to drink. Drink Take along. a picture, put it on Twitter, use the hashtag Opinions100, get involved in the discussion. Or if there's a moment you want to mention yeah, from the previous 99 episodes, then feel free to share it with us. Anything you want to get engaged with, anything you want to say about it, good or bad, share it. Please that's, do. That, hashtag that's Opinions. That's what we're looking for, we'll, yeah. We, we will find it and we will give it a shout. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day... What keeps us going is is, is your engagement. Yeah. So your your listening engagement, we, we we say it, we jokingly say it occasionally. Without you guys, we are nothing because we we, we build the shows around your you, yeah. your your input. And the Crimbo call proved that. Yeah. So before I start getting too emotional here, yeah. I think we should probably start wrapping things. I up. think we should wrap it up. We've said everything we need to say, and we've gone on for ages tonight. I hope we, you've enjoyed we, it. I'm I'm sorry it's a longer show than ever before, but. Um, Merry Christmas to one and all. Yep, and hope it's been a good one. Here's the new year. Here's, and well, here's the 20s. Cheers. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time.